All right, welcome back here, calling the audible. It's uh, week three wrap and week four preview as we get ready for uh, the turn of January. The last is this the last January day? We have one more January. Thursday. We have one more January week, um, and then we head into February. And February second is the Super Bowl. So that's we not this weekend. Next weekend, some teams will even have a bye. We got past Blue Monday, so that's good. The third Monday of January. Blue Monday is like you you're just deciding not to have sex for. An extended period of time? Uh, well, I was going to say it's more like the considered the most depressing day of the year because it's like you get like the post-Christmas depression. You don't have money to spend on anything. It's cold. It's dark. So, yeah, it's actually considered the most depressing day of the year. But see, I don't get depressed because substance abuse. Yeah. Well, you know, the days are getting a bit longer, though. I did notice that. I left, uh, I left work the other day and like there was like a little bit of sun out. It was like not complete darkness. It was kind of cool. Well, Four thirty, the sun was still out. I mean, four forty-five. It don't leave it that time. <laughs> I know it's today that the sun was still out at four thirty. Yeah. Just you know, when Super Bowl Sunday hits, you know the sun's a little bit more brighter than once March first hits. It gets brighter. But let's talk about the week that was in mm-hmm. week three, the the brightest of the weeks, I guess, in terms of teams that did very well. Uh, Please, what caught your attention from teams that did well or didn't do well from week three? Well, looking into uh, Division Three. Well, so the Jaeger bomb all hooks was week two. It wasn't last week, right? That's correct. Yeah. Okay, right. okay. Because like that was actually a pretty wicked game of the week, and um, that highlight catch on the interception by Vincent Benjamin was just foolishness. But let's go ahead to week three. Um, Dirty Dogs wiped the floor with game changers. I don't. Under- I feel like every second season game changers are good, and every second season they're terrible. I don't understand. Like they're like oh. the Falcons. Yeah, or like in a fifth, like like voodoo. Like every second season, they're good, they're contender, and every second season, they just sort of work their way through the season. Um, put up a ton of points, put up 32 points, but um, Ryan Lewandowski's really seemed to turn uh, the page at the quarterback position, uh, putting up six touchdowns. And like obviously, the, the, the team he's played with over time has improved. I think he, he came into starting to play quarterback um, thinking that, you know, a guy who's only ever played Div 1 and 2, um, looking at playing quarterback in Division 3, thinking it was going to be easy, came, you know, had a bit of a rude awakening, and now, finally, after, you know, three or four seasons, Dirty Dogs look to be a legit contender, putting up 45 points. Like, it's it's not just winning, and it's not just beating game changers. It's putting up 45 points uh, on 17 completions. It's, that's a big deal. I wonder the influence of Pat Schoenard, what he's had on this team. I mean, coming off the uh, Achilles injury that he suffered last March and in short period of window to get himself back into shape, uh, you wonder if how important his role is on that defense because that defense would give up a lot of points as mm-hmm. he did. I mean, 32 against uh, uh, game changers. But uh, Pastrana definitely has brought an influence to this team overall. I think also from a play-calling perspective, uh, helping Lonowski, uh become uh, a better quarterback, I think, I think that's played a role. He's uh, he's one of the smartest players in FPF, right? Um, and he's played quarterback, and he's a fantastic defender. And if he can get that knowledge to Ryan Lewandowski, uh, I'm sure that helps to have him in the huddle. I, I'm only concerned about Dirty Dogs is um, anyone uh, not named Dave Chidia who can step up. I mean, disagree, disagree. I think this is an incredible roster. Uh, Benji Ziegler is an absolute monster. Uh, Cal Pinar is a guy we've dis- we've discovered in the couple, past couple of years. And Pat is new in this roster, right? That's right, yeah. And Pat is new, yeah. Is he like the rock kind of like grounding them? Because this used to be a very, what's the word? Uh, 
sporadic team, I guess yeah. is the way to describe it. Like no consistency, the roster's all over the place, whereas now we see the same people showing up and uh, you know putting up crazy points every week. Well, I think I think Pat brings a um, a first class pedigree of education of what they can do, right? I mean, again, their defense has been not that great. If we look at the um, Dirty Dog stats for the season in terms of the player stats uh, for the year on their on their team page, uh, I mean, like it's still a big roster. There's no question about that, right? But, but everyone's pretty much showing up to games. Right? Absolutely. I mean. Like, other, I mean uh, I, I, I do hope Nick Lassard is on that team full time because that's that's a big deal too. But the thing is, as as FPF is progressing, while it's important to have a big name player with the pedigree of Pachinard, you you need to find bargains for for the their cap hit. And I think a guy like JC Bennett and a guy like Benji Ziegler give them that guys who can perform at a much higher level than what their cap in, indicates. And and that's what you have on this team as well as the guys that we know, like Dave Chidiat, like Petchenard. Can you see the receiving stats quickly, Eagle, before we sure. go to the next game here in terms of the overall? So, Bennett definitely second in command. But, I mean, look, uh, in terms of a, of a second legit option, is Jason Bennett the guy that you fear if you're a defensive captain game planning against? He's a speedster. He has great cuts. He yeah. makes great catches. I played with him. I played with I, him and against too, yeah, him, yeah. actually, yeah. Um, honestly, that's when I played against him. <laughs> honestly, you know, v- he is great team guy and a guy you can use in a v- variety. Like literally, can line up, line him up anywhere on the field, yeah. and and he'll do a good job. And and uh, I think Benji Ziegler is gonna have a bigger role moving forward. And, and if Nick Lassard is on the team, he's the second best receiver on the team. Game that I saw was uh, backyard bullies losing to Pineapple Express thirty four twenty seven. We asked about Chris Olson and the fact that he had a terrible start to the season, but he came up big, huge. Uh, they were down by uh, a score at first, and uh, they came back, and they, they were able to control the game. I thought it was a well-called game by Olsen, how he uh, utilized A.J. Gomes quite a bit. Uh, the, it was a spread-out offense here. It wasn't anyone in particular that was the key factor. This was a team effort. Their defense really uh, handcuffed Rich Humes. I thought Rich Humes was okay, not great at times. And I think at the end of the day, I know Sean Avram wasn't there, according to Brent Bakken's article of uh, him watching the Niners against Packers. I wonder if he would have made an influence. I'm not too sure, but this was a well-played game on both sides of football for Pineapple Express in terms of Chris Olsen playing like a mature quarterback and more importantly, that defense really making things difficult for Rich Humes and that offense really moved the ball. I mean, uh, I, what I take away from this, that if I could take something positive away for backyard bullies, and I've seen them play, uh, I saw them play week one, and uh, Rich Humes seems fully recovered. And you look at him here running, you know, six times for 57 yards and a touchdown. That's the Rich Humes uh, we know and love. He's more than just a gorgeous smile. Well, do we do we know who uh, Backyard Bullies put on A.J. Gomes? Because obviously it didn't work. Uh, it didn't they had a work. bunch of guys. Uh, Steve Sander was on that side. They had a bunch of guys lined up. There wasn't anyone in particular that was on A.J. Gomes the entire day. So I don't really understand the argument of, oh, if Sean was there, it'd be different. You're not going to put Sean. No, but I'm saying in terms of like, <laughs> no, I'm saying that Sean's presence on the field, right, as another option, short to intermediate route. Yeah, does, he, does he suddenly spike everyone's speed by a quarter second? Or yeah, how does it so sometimes, sometimes you need a guy who's really slow. <laughs> and Sean Abram is slow, nice enough for Rich Humes to get that. But this is a big one for Pineapple Express, though. I mean, this is a team that uh, came in last spring, and they kind of did some damage in the regular season, had a bit of a cameo in the playoff run. Um, I wonder if this will be the main team in terms of the overall roster. I believe Eddie Lee's on this roster, which he's listed, but he's yet to play a game. So I wonder if he'll get... If I believe he's injured, if I'm not mistaken. Well, you got to show up to the games then. Uh, I mean, Yeah, but he's not. Yeah, that's it, though. 
But uh, look, if this is going to be the core group here of guys, it's a pretty decent group to work with, especially in the competitive side of the division that they're in for Div 3. So I think this will be a fun team to watch if Chris Olsen is playing like he did on Sunday moving forward. Any other games? Um, yeah, well, I saw the, the highlights posted of the Brotherhood Lonzo Ballers game um, on our Instagram feed. It's still there if you want to take a look. Um, and also on our, or no, sorry, it's on our Facebook group, is it? It's on both. It's on both, okay. Um, it's an IG story, and then Lance Daniels posted it basically in the group. There was a. It just looked, and and you can see that too, like going through the play by play and going through the, um, just the the, uh, the the way the game played out. First half was tight. Second half, things just didn't go their way, and like there was a deflected, a ball that like deflected off a defender, off a receiver, off another defender, and then a diving interception by Jamal Gittens. Uh, which, by the way, it always helps to have Jamal Gittens on your team, right? So, um, I just I feel like if this game played out ten times, I can actually see Lonzo Ballers winning about half the time. But the the score makes it look a lot worse than it was, just because the flow of the game really did not play to Lonzo Ballers' favor in, in the second half. Uh, are we concerned about Lonzo Ballers? I believe they're now zero and three. Is it now? Do they are they a team that we're surprised by the fact that they are at the bottom of the division and at zero and three, a team that has pretty good talent to work with? Uh, there's no slouches, I would think, on this roster. No, but like they they faced a tough trio to start. They faced Labrum, Les Malades, and uh, Brotherhood to start. And the first two games, they were within a score. Yeah. So it's it's possible, I would say. That that being said, I mean, you have Jared Taylor, who's only played one game with them. So I don't know if he's on the roster all the way. Kirwax subbed or played only one game with them. So what's your what's your main core here, right? You obviously have Lonnie Johnson. You have Quay Johnson. Nice Dylan's uh, on that roster. J- well, James O'Hare. Yeah, I know. Here. But, like, Hennessy Array is there. The, the, but are those really the guys that are going to, you know, carry the load? I mean, Hennessy Array and Quay Johnson should be enough in, in, on most teams. You know what I mean? So... Um, yeah, but Div 3 is... Uh, Div, well, the thing is, the biggest thing about this is, I, I said that they started off against a tough trio of teams, but like th- there aren't any... like Div 3 seems to be the division for which there is the most parity. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at the season before the season started, I thought Le Malid were out of place. I thought they should have probably moved up to Div 2. But it, in the end, it's actually looking like a lot of these teams moving up into Div 3 and, and teams in this Div 3 community have actually uh, ste- stepped up in terms of their performance, and, and it's it's a really tight division. When you talk about parity, you talk about uh, are you surprised that there are eight teams at 2-1? and one Not surprised, Mo, because I, I set you up for that entirely. Know, See I what know. I did right there? I know. They teammate. Right there. Teammate right there. But uh, is there a team that you think is inflated in terms of their Two and one, or eight, and or three and zero record in terms of where they are in the top eight. What I love, you know, and having all eleven teams being between uh, three and zero and one and two, is it makes the first three games kind of irrelevant <laughs> because teams are so uh, stacked up close together. Uh, Sweat and beers have actually impressed me with the fact that they're playing so well. Um, KGP, the two that worry me, as the screen changes for some reason. Uh, the the team that 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 worries, one of the things that worries me is is KGP. Um, they're not scoring enough, and and yes, it, you you're uh, not allowing a ton of points. They've only allowed forty two points in three games. That's awesome, but that's not going to maintain itself. Well, that's about twenty eight points a game that they're scoring. No piece. I was gonna say I'd be more concerned about sixty nine or something. Well, I, the next one I was gonna mention <laughs> is sixty nine because sixty nine is actually allowing more points than they're scored. You know what I mean? So like, um, you know, any team that's scoring under thirty points a game is. It, it, 
you need to score 30 points to minimum to, to, to succeed in the playoffs. It's something we've seen over time in FPF. It's a standard. Five, five plus scores to win in the playoffs. Tell that to the Patriots Rams. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know. Well, are, are they you weren't playing FPF. Are you okay with the high rolling sweating beers points for at 120, but they've given up 97, which I believe is the most amongst the uh, teams currently in the playoff spot? I mean, so. If you're gonna allow a lot of points, this better be the way your offense moves, right? So, like, a lot of it is pace too. Like, uh, and, and um, if you've seen Sweat and Beers play, and and you just know, for example, how Robbie Robinson runs his offense, it's very fast paced. He doesn't take a long time to call plays. He's at the line very quickly, and the ball's out of his hands uh, very quickly. And he's also looking for the second there's a blown coverage, the second he has an advantage deep, he's taking it, and he's he's gonna he's gonna try and put up scores quickly. So it's kind of like it's the dis- dis- distorted stat when the the Golden State Warriors were running basketball, uh, where the pace of play was so fast that it made it look as though their defense is worse than it was. I think that. It plays into that a little bit. Like their pace of game is so quick that it's actually making their defense look a little worse. Although I don't think their defense is great, it's making their defense look a little worse than than uh, it actually is. So junkyard dogs are three and zero. But is there a team that you believe is better than junkyard dogs that you would favor? I actually really like this junkyard dogs team. This is the best version of junkyard dogs I think we've seen. Red Rob White is that why? <laughs> no, uh, it just it's more addition by addition in this case. Uh, there is a note here. There is a note. We have a trade to announce. <laughs> uh, I got to get the bell. <laughs> yeah, well, you, can, you, know, you can get the uh, Sports Center, ESPN uh, breaking news. Uh, Felix Antoine Levine will join us in five minutes, actually. Yeah. And, uh, I like, I like, feel very excited. I like Easy J. Govan, to be honest. Uh, I think they're just as talented as Junkyard Dogs, uh, to answer your question, Will. I know, I know you're liking Junkyard Dogs, but if, if I had to pick a team that I would go, I would go with in a one-off in terms of maybe – Running the table, I would go with the 69ers. I think they've they finally found their rhythm. I mean, they've been they've been bridesmaids for so many years in the regular season in winters past, and now they finally put it together. And I think they might be able to add more trophies to their um, to their uh, case of trophies that they have. But you say that, but they just got smashed by Junkyard Dogs, forty three to fifteen. This that's week. fine. But but the question is, would Dean Dimitri play in that game? Um, I can check. Yes, we'll check I'm that. sorry, the internet's slow. It is very slow here. Uh, Dean Dimitri did play in that game, two catches for 24 yards, All and right, he, he threw a couple of passes. Uh, that's as well. fair enough. I mean, look, uh, look, I'm not discounting. Uh, I'm not discounting junkyard dogs. I, th- I think the, they have a very good team. We spoke to Rory Smurgeon last week, and mm-hmm. uh, he was very confident about this team's uh, outlook. I mean, well, just the size. Like, like Rory Smurgeon's very good in the air and plays bigger than he is. Uh, Paul Pierre, Sean Haney, Travis Moses, Insley Adams. No, Travis Moses on the team too. Yeah, so like, like Travis Moses is not necessarily a guy who go like he's not an aerial type receiver. Like he's not the guy who go get in the air, but he also doesn't have to be with everything else in this roster. Feel the awareness, feel the awareness. It's a good there. team, you know, but yeah. Travis is just like a legit route runner and a guy where if the ball's in a crowd, he's the one coming out of the crowd with the ball. So if this team fails is it because of Jason Rossi not performing. It would have to be like he's so Jason Rossi and like so it's gonna sound like I'm being a jerk and, and talking shit, but I'm not. I actually mean this as a compliment, and he should take this as a compliment. He's built a team where he's the worst player on his team, and that's what a quarterback should do. No matter how good the quarterback is, if your receivers around you uh, can elevate your play, that's what you want, right? Right. I don't think that's a particularly nasty thing to say. So is he like the Baker Mayfield of Division Three? 
No, no, because he doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, well, no, because no, because Antonio no, because Antonio Callaway, the worst player. No, no because he, Antonio Callaway is by far the worst player in the NFL. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't <laughs> have that. He doesn't have that uh, arrogant moxie, right, to walk around swaggering around people saying, "Hey, bleep you, I'm Jason Ross." Unless it's him smirking, having a fight afterwards, which we all know what the infamous words. So. Think he look good in the mustache, though. Who, Rossi? We should ask. He has a, he has a mohawk. Like, on. like, like legit Fu Manchu. Yeah, I can see that. I but he has a full hawk going on right now, so hmm. he's, uh, he's, uh, he's 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 how how there. very two thousand six of him. I thought it was two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Now only <laughs> only if you're behind the trends, Mo. I know. Um, behind the trends. Before we get to like the like Chanel at, at Fashion Week this week. <laughs> Jesus, come on, guys, <laughs> step it up. Uh, come before, on. Before we get to Felix Antoine Levine, uh, quickly here, Keyport Lock. Uh, if we look at the standings right now, it appears that they're going to have to be again a high scoring team because they have essentially. They have they have scored they have given 102 points so far this year in terms of their defense. So the defense has not played well. But are they going to have to outscore teams to be in the upper echelon here, or can they play a I low scoring game? I just found it. I find it funny because of how a keyboard lock started, where they would just run this horribly slow offense. I used to say that their offense was like you know it changed week to week. But like essentially, if I take a whole bunch of popsicle sticks and then vomit disease onto the popsicle sticks and then try and flush it down the toilet and then have to for some reason remove it by hand because I had no other tools, that's what their offense looked and felt like. Um, and their defense was actually like led by Jada Reedy and, and just a smart, capable defense. And uh, instead, what we're seeing now is is the development of Jeff Rosenblatt. Uh, just in time for his defense to no longer be able to bail him out. Well, look at the roster, though, for this team. It's a good team. It's a good, it's a good roster yeah. composition. I mean, we talked about this in week one, right? Braudi, Jadaridi uh, being keys for them. But I think the, the ascension of, of uh, Jeff Roseblatt has really brought the question or, or an intriguing point that, hey, maybe this is the year he takes the next step in his quarterback uh, development and that he can be even better than what he was in years past. So I think for this team overall, as PZ lowers the uh, sound on the uh, soundboard here. I think this team can definitely score the points, but I just wonder if they can lock down defense and make sure that they don't have the same issues before. Yeah, I agree. Salut, ça va? Felix, Antoine Levine, ça va? Oui, toi? Ah oui, pas mal. Tu connais? C'est Mokan, puis PZ, puis Eagle. Ouais. We're all waiting for someone to say hi. Comment ça va, Felix? Très bien, vous autres? Ouais, ça va, ça va. J'ai une question, Félix. Ton chandail, c'est même prochain, c'est numéro 4 ou 81? C'est une question qui... La réponse, va... on va la savoir la semaine prochaine, honnêtement. <rire> <rire> Parce que là, Jean-Christophe a volé mon numéro 4. <rire> <rire> Il va ah, falloir Félix... qu'on se fasse des nouveaux chandails d'équipe. Félix, ça fait une, une boucle qu'on demande euh, pourquoi Al Hux n'a pas une meilleure défensive avec tous les athlètes euh, sur l'alignement. Euh, Peux-tu nous dire, euh, selon toi, pourquoi? Ben, en ce moment, ce qui me manque, c'est ben, mon frère est blessé. Est, il y a une fracture au pouce. Puis, euh, puis dans le fond, c'est notre meilleur joueur en défensive. Quand lui va revenir au jeu, ça va aider notre défensive. Tous les joueurs vont être à leur position naturelle. Puis, je pense que notre défensive va mieux performer quand il va revenir. Puis, Félix, j'ai une question pour ton QB. C'est qui le meilleur QB sur l'équipe? C'est Sio Levine ou Jeremy White? Ben, je pense que Charlot est meilleur, mais Jay s'est vraiment amélioré. Mais la fin, c'est que Jay, c'est aussi notre meilleur receveur de l'équipe. Quand Jay va retourner receveur, on va avoir un des meilleurs receveurs de la Ligue back dans l'alignement. Puis, c'est deux QB semblables. Fait que, rendu là, euh, 
notre équipe, notre offense va être encore meilleure, même si on est déjà dans une des, des offenses qui score le plus de points. Euh, Félix, on a parlé déjà un peu, mais on veut savoir ton perception. Euh, quelle était ta réaction à l'interception spectaculaire à, à une main de Vincent Benjamin contre euh, Jürgen en euh, semaine J'ai jamais vu un gars sauter aussi haut que ça. Oh, ouais, C'était malade. Aussi haut que moi, je pense. <rire> J'ai jamais vu ça. C'était fou. Puis quel one-end aussi, là. Puis, Félix, j'ai une question pour ton équipe All Hawks. Maintenant, ton fiche, c'est quoi maintenant? C'est. On est 1-2. Ton division, c'est très difficile avec Brotherhood, Jagerbaum, puis Keeper Lock, Mission, Bearskins. Ton équipe maintenant, c'est quoi sur l'équipe qui est le plus meilleur? C'est ton receveur ou c'est haute offense? Parce que l'année passée, les offenses pas la meilleure dans la ligue. Ben, j'ai pas entendu ce que tu as dit. Ton équipe maintenant, c'est quoi les meilleurs l'offense ou de défense? Parce que l'année passée, ton défense n'est pas la meilleure dans la ligue. Mais maintenant, c'est quoi le plus meilleur dans, le, dans, dans l'équipe? Euh, ah, ben, mon rôle numéro un, c'est rendu. Je, je, je suis le snapper. Euh, fait que c'est rendu ça mon rôle numéro un. Puis en descente, j'embarque euh, quand les gars sont plus fatigués ou si on manque de joueurs. Um, Félix, Alex sont maintenant rendus dans la division 3, c'est la première saison. Euh, quel a été l'ajustement le plus difficile pour ton équipe euh, depuis que vous avez monté la de, de, de division? Euh, c'est, défi- c'est définitivement en défensive. Je pense qu'en offensive, on a tout le temps eu de la facilité à scorer, mais en défensive, plus on monte de division, plus les équipes ont un bon playbook, plus c'est des bons athlètes, puis plus les QB font des meilleures lectures. Fait que c'est, c'est ça le plus gros ajustement, je pense. Des équipes qui, qui bien... C'est quoi la meilleure équipe dans ta division, sauf les Hawks? Euh, ben, je dirais Junkyard Dogs, parce qu'on a joué contre eux une couple de fois dans les saisons auparavant. Puis là, je trouve que cette année, ils sont rendus avec euh, un popular roster et ils ont beaucoup de joueurs de talent. Euh, une autre question pour Félix. Euh, on a tous vu le, le duck move de, de Jeremy White quand il, quand il court. Uh, ouais. On a discuté déjà avec les, 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 les gars de Rules Committee si ça supposait d'être une, une fly guard. Maintenant, ce n'est pas une règle. D'après toi, est-ce que c'est comme une move que c'est une fly guard ou non? Ben, Jay fait vraiment attention pour garder ses mains en haut pour vraiment pas que ça soit proche d'être un fly guard. Fait que de la manière qu'il fait, je ne pense pas que c'est un fly guard. Mais s'il gardait ses mains un peu plus bas, parce qu'il monte ses mains quand il fait le move. Mais s'il garde ses mains bas, là, ça serait mm-hmm. proche d'être un flag guard. Uh, Félix, j'ai une question pour toi. Uh, Jeremy White, uh, en fait, il y a une autre équipe en division 4B, EZW. Um, il y a plusieurs joueurs ouais. sur ce, cet alignement qui sont les mêmes que All Hooks, mais tu n'es pas sur leur alignement. Est-ce que c'était par exprès ou tu n'étais pas invité ou qu'est-ce qui arrive? Uh, c'est parce que moi aussi, je suis en division 4B avec uh, Mangoose. Mais il n'y avait pas une un option de jouer avec euh, Jeremy White. Pourquoi avec Mangoose? Euh, ben, c'est parce que c'est une équipe avec tous mes amis euh, d'enfance, dans le fond, puis du secondaire. Okay. Fait que je t'embarque avec eux. Puis Félix, ton euh, équipe après toi, puis Jeremy, il est Matthew McDuff, puis Jesse Ferland. Le rôle des deux joueurs sur l'équipe, c'est plus important, non? Euh, j'ai pas entendu. Les deux joueurs, Ferland et McDuff. Ouais. C'est, l'équipe. c'est plus important pour l'équipe, pour les deux, pour jouer bien? Euh, oui, c'est sûr que quand JC est en forme, euh, c'est un des meilleurs receveurs de la Ligue lui aussi. 
qui est super bon en défensive, qui peut aussi prendre euh, la place à Thomas comme rusher. Fait que c'est un joueur super important à l'équipe. Puis euh, Mathieu McDuff, dans le fond, il, a, il est venu remplacer pour une game parce qu'on manquait de joueurs avec les blessures. OK, alors euh, Félix, merci pour ton temps et bonne chance pour le reste de saison. Merci beaucoup. Salut. Merci Félix Antoine Levine de l'équipe All Hawks here. And of uh, Mangoose. Mangoose, Mangoose. I feel like that should be a gentleman's club if it's not. Mangoose? Yeah. But like a very classy one. Look it up. See if it's there or not. But like, would there be like geese on stage? No. You would have men, obviously. No, but like no. It, it's a combination. It's like a hunting club, strip club. It's like a golf club. But mm. you need to check your guns at the door, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is getting weird. It's like a rustic yeah. type of environment. Yeah, I, I didn't realize the problems with it until I started uh, thinking it out, thinking it out loud. Absolutely. Um, here's a team that I uh, know we've, we've not really talked about, the crew, and whether or not uh, they should be taken seriously. Their path of destruction has been very impressive this year, gentlemen, and what they've done uh, so far in Division Three. I've watched them play. Uh, the crew is a team that is right now at one, one and one. I wouldn't uh, take that as being them being weak, but they have run through the Bearskins, winning by 26. Uh, they tied Martin Lefly 28 apiece. They, they lost the Yager Bomb by five. Uh, and Yager Bomb is a touch better than we thought they'd be at this point in the season, too, right? Like, yeah. Especially considering that they haven't had Simon Deschesny. Simon Deschesny, that's our That's boy. his name Simon. now from henceforth. Sorry? Simon Deschesny. Simon Deschesny, sorry. But when we look at this team, though, in terms of their overall athletic skills of Nadon, Dettier, uh, Mezier, these guys all have played high caliber of football. Uh, are, we, are we underestimating what this team can do perhaps for the next three, four games and maybe getting themselves into that upper deck of, of talented teams in that division or that conference for that matter? Uh, I wasn't listening to your question. <laughs> well, <in terms> of <laughs> I had to come clean that. I couldn't even filibuster. Uh, Detier, Nadon, Mezier, these are all high-level mm. players. Mm. Uh, can they put together a string of wins and so get themselves in the upper class? They have Keyport Lock, All Hooks, and the Commission coming up. So not easy games. But very Winnable, true defining games. Winnable but games, yeah. I mean, yeah. So I, I, I am not... <laughs> What we do is not journalism. I am not unbiased. I am very heavily biased. Um, there are, I think, three teams that I've absolutely fallen in love with since they've begun their time in FPF. The first of which was Jägerbomb, publicly. Um, still a huge Jägerbomb fan. I love those dudes. So really nice guys. Me. And, of course, the fact that they've improved over time and they've risen from Division 5 all the way to Division 3 is impressive. Uh, Flagmore Lissac, to me, was the team that was going to eventually dethrone uh, the finest that has not yet happened, but I always cheer for it because I just love the dudes and love their whole approach. And finally, it's the crew. So I love the crew. I think they're insanely talented. And what they've done in FPF, uh, dis despite the fact that they're not like veteran FPF players, is it, it's been truly, truly impressive. So I think they have enough talent, definitely, to, to, to take the well, next step. We we do our new uh, segment now, real or fake players. Let's do it. Woo! And so last week. Uh, Eagle was a perfect four for four. PZ was a two for four, correct? It's, it's good. Fifty percent is pretty good. So if you're using baseball averages, that's a pretty solid baseball average. Yeah, I scored. Four. I scored half of uh, what Eagle got, and uh, basically, uh, I know now how he feels most days because he's half of my height. I'm well, of course, you did beat him, and we'll talk about that game later on. Okay, so I'll give you a player name from the aforementioned crew, real or fake. 
All right. Fake. Sorry. Max, oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, wait. Max Olivier Odette. Eight Max Olivier Odette's absolutely real. He's real. Eight catch, 48 yards. Absolutely real. real. All right, boys, you're off to a stronger start today. Woo! I've actually met It him. also helps that we literally had the roster on the I know, screen. I know. I'm pretty sure I saw those letters I've in that him, order. I've seen him play in person, so <laughs> I know he's real. Oh, well, don't worry. There'll be some uh, fake or real ones coming it's up. It's going to be much harder to fool us for Division Three or like higher divisions. Where that's that's why I don't known. do for one, two, or sometimes three. Because you say that because you're not 37 years old <laughs> and, you, and you're not forgetting names yet. It's going to happen to you, Eagle. It's going to happen soon. Well, that's it. You can't do this for one, two, or three because we know those divisions but fairly well. you just well. did it for three. I know, but I want to see if you guys are paying attention for Div 3. That's why. I was paying attention, okay. baby. Oh, that's right. All right, listen. Uh, which team needs to win badly here uh, before we get to uh, Division 6 and six, 6D here? Which team needs to win badly here, PZ, in terms of who you think has to win this week before the Super Bowl bye week comes into play next week? Who needs to win badly? I thought yeah. we were doing more names. Well, let's do one. Because oh, you we'll can't do, do 20 of us. Because right. you know, you got to... Division three, three, which team needs to win yeah, badly? Look at the, the, the standings up here on the uh, PZ Tron. The Jumbotron. And uh, there's a, what, a 30 inch or a 42 inch TV there. There's a lot of bezel, so I don't know. All right, so what team, which team needs a win? It could be a 3 0 team. It could be 2 1, 0 oh 3, 1 2, whatever you what think. What 3 0 teams at this point in the season, given the fact that the, the, you know, the field is so close, no one particularly needs a team, uh, needs a win, although it would be nice. Um, that I think being said, there are only 12 teams in Conference B and 14 in Conference A. So if you're an 0-3 team in A, you basically need a win. So, But even even some of the 1-3 teams, uh, they're teams I thought they could be doing better in um, Bearskins, Lebrim, and All Hooks. I thought those teams were going to be some of the strongest teams in the division and all of them under 500 to start the season. I'm convinced that two of these will... Like take a huge rise in standings, and one will be left behind. I just don't know which one that is. It might be all hooks unless they can figure the defense. And it's a good point. I ha- I hadn't realized. And if I look back, of course, Seal Levine hasn't been playing and hasn't even been throwing in his and in, 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 uh hasn't been throwing for 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 all hooks. Definitely, that changes the team completely. If he's not back soon, they might be the ones on short end of the stick, and it might not even be their fault. Uh, I think I conversation and. I think at this clip now, and look, it's so early. We're only a, th- a, th- a third through the season, and obviously things will change because we're not going to have the same standings in three weeks' time where teams might be four and two, which I don't think all eight will be. But if you were to forecast right now, I think that the cutoff now at minimum to get perhaps six, seven, eight might be five wins because of how close these teams are in yeah. terms of the win-loss record. But if I had to pick a team that needs a win badly this weekend, I'd have to go with uh, Pastor Prime. Uh, if they're playing this week, which, which I'm not too sure which games are on. Perhaps it's finally happened, Mo. Perhaps they're cr- now finally past their prime. You've always said you weren't a big fan of past our prime. That's nope, I said the opposite thing many times. Is that this week, week four, Pineapple Express against past their prime, the Battle of the yep. Peace? Yep. So where's that? Hebert uh, or is that the where? Lachine Dome. It's literally written on the screen. I can't see the screen because you're not showing the schedule. It's right here. Oh. Oh, yeah, there. Sorry. <laughs> I want to see the schedule, overall schedule. I'm not used to that for it. So the Sheen Dome on Sunday, nine. Oh, that's on my field, seven p.m. So I the, can watch that. The, the, the uh, for those uh, uninitiated to the program, Mo teases me about Pastor Prime because there was a game <laughs> where um, we rolled out a team that featured uh, Felix Laflamme, who now we know playing in the studs and was all ca- all Canada receiver, uh, and Cincinnati Bearcat uh, Bruno Labelle. And we got beaten by the retirement home known as Pastor Prime. Yeah, you haven't been on and that. And our record, like, I remember with, with, with Moose and, and uh, you know, whatever variation of Moose there was, um, 
you know, we we would have like a, around like a seventy percent winning percentage, uh, but our record against Pastor Prime was like zero and six. It was nonsense. Like it was just a team we could never beat. It's sort of like a USA North Korea uh, beef. Yeah, we were North Korea. In, Absolutely, in their USA. Be before we get to Division Six, uh, Stacy Marshall says very cool. So uh, you're welcome. Thank Stacey. you, Stacy Marshall. Um, Thanks for watching. Who is Stacy Marshall? We'll find out. Is it a male or female? Because it could be either. It is one of those people. It's just 2019, Mo. <laughs> well, no, I'm saying because we're trying to have... A, That's uh, a trick question. No, but we're trying to have... Uh, we're, we're now incorporating more co-ed and female coverage, so we'd like to see more of the female viewers tune into the show, right? Not Absolutely. only just have Absolutely. us three watching the show over and over again to show, hey, Rob, this is a great uh, numbers again. Yeah. You know, See, keep I, us alive. I've watched the 46 computers. Therefore, Rob, give me a raise. Yeah, Rob, this is huge though, numbers, man. Huge numbers really in Laval. Laval, huge numbers. All right, uh, let's get to 6 and 6D here. Uh, the week that was in 6 and 6D. Uh, I'll start with you, PZ, in terms of what you Never saw. start with me because uh, you seem to load up the pages quicker than I do. Uh, yes, I do. Um, games that, that really caught my attention. I mean, look, Pentaplan now continuing with their role here, which is not a surprise to me at well, all. Well, again, the fact that they're still in Division 6 with Vince Pisano throwing is nonsense. That being said, they only won 21-13 against Lama's Pajamas. That's not a good the sign. Pajamas is not off a good start, though. I believe they're, what, 0-3 now or 0-2? Mm-hmm. That's, that's Eagle's point. That's why. Like, you only beat them by a score, and you only scored three times. Like, Pisano went 15 for 22 but they're like dink dunk passes down the field. Like, who's your deep threat in this game, right? Anthony Fijia has one catch for 20 yards and a TD. That, that's it. But I wonder if Vince Pizzano has recovered from uh, from last year's tough. Because they've had some tough endings. To their yeah, seasons. I know. It, who was that team again that beat? Oh, it was One Speed Power that smashed them in the playoffs. And then they lost the U, I believe, in the, in the playoffs. So that's the a funny story about that game. That was the game played on the Saturday at Loyola at 12 noon. Oh, you seen last winter? No, because we beat them in spring. Right. I'm talking about two winters ago. And so that was the game where I actually felt ill, and that's when the chickenpox began, right after that game. So what you're saying is Vince Pisano is responsible for your demise. It, it could, he could have given me... What's the Italian um, voodoo thing they Malocchio. do? Malocchio. Yeah, I think he gave me that. The evil eye. So that's why. It's possible. Do you, it's do you possible. need some olive oil and boiling water? No, I'm fine now. It's two Are years. you sure? I'm two years removed from having chicken Because I, I can go get a pot right now, and we can get it going. The best is this raw. Yes, I need you to get my pot right now. <laughs> I'm sure you need to get a pot. Legal. With your Legalized. oils. Yeah. <laughs> With my oils. I would yeah. appreciate that. Uh, the best is the president asking me, hey, can you uh, come in for the Sunday games? I'm on my deathbed. All right, let's go back to the games that were uh, played on the weekend here. Uh, other games that you wrote your deathbed, but I, my voice was c- gone completely by uh, that point. It was terrible. That's all right, though. <laughs> rough, rough week. Uh, other games that caught my attention. I, I saw. Well, I, I saw that Masters of Coin beat up on refrigerators, forty-seven twenty-six. Surprised um, by that, though. Sorry. Surprised by that. No, I, I liked uh, Masters of Coin, but I was concerned about who was going to throw for them heading into the season. But whoever Max Dian is, man, he played well. Put up a hell of a lot of points this, this, uh, this past week. Uh, Benji Ziegler got a couple of touchdowns. And on the other end, uh, Fridge Raiders just did not look good. Um, yeah, they, they, they struggled. Well, you know what? He's, uh, he's actually 13-2 and two as a player in FBF. So he's off to a good start in the win-loss record. Uh, thing is, when I look at uh, the Fridge Raiders, I don't know what to make of this team yet. I didn't see the game this past weekend here. I saw a bit of the games early on in the season. I think it's going to take them a little bit more time to get used to playing at this speed of football in Div 6. 
But look, when you look at Masters of Coin, what they've done so far, I mean, like only two players caught balls. I assume there was guys who didn't have the uniforms, hence why there's only two guys who caught balls. Yeah. But in terms of the overall team, if they can continue moving forward, and like a guy like Benji Ziegler, who we know very well, who I've liked, I believe he looks like Ante Kopitar at times. Uh, oh yeah, I can see it. Mm-hmm. Does he not look like Ante Kopitar? Yeah. Uh, it's this is a good athletically gifted team. They these pass catchers all have FPF experience, and I think that goes a long way. Oh, that's not him. I was talking the other guy. The um, who you think you're thinking of? Uh, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, though. looks like Ante Kopitar. Zach Sigler, yes. maybe. I think about yeah. Zach Sigler. Um, so the one thing I will note, uh, one thing I did notice about Max Diane is he's completing. Uh, 71% of his passes and he's also thrown six interceptions so like he's actually completing a ton of passes including passes going to their team um, it, it's it's pretty impressive that he's done so well despite turning the ball over and that that's just a testament to, to how well uh, put together this roster is uh, six uh, six D uh, games that caught your attention from six D this past week three PZ uh, there's still games to be played today, which is Thursday. Lionhearts will play uh, replacements, and we what could have been t- play SAFTB later on today or on Thursday, as it is a live show with recaps of those games to be next week, perhaps. We'll call Simone later and get his input about what's yeah, happening exactly. in games. Is Wednesday a cursed day for Division 6D? Because Goon Squad lost 24 nothing. Steve, uh, Killer Rays lost 26-6 to Stiffy Arm. Uh, here for the Beer lost 33 nothing to 7th Rounders. Yeah, and Jones the Ballers beat Green Wave 46-6. Here for the Beer is not a good team, though. They've had a rough start. I think they've scored like only 33 points, I believe, in the first three games of their start. Admittedly, they are here for the beer. Yeah, they're, they, they, they're not hiding what they're doing here. Um, yeah, it was a rough Wednesday of games, actually, for Division 60. Division 60 is always going to have some disparity, and that's why we're, we're going to recede the teams before heading into the playoffs, which more on that as the season progresses. Um, I was impressed by Zone 6 Ballers putting up 46 points against, uh, against Green Wave, though. So it's been a while since we saw uh, Jeansley Valbonard have such an effective game. Um and not turn the ball over and he only threw the ball fourteen times, uh only only had eighty yards uh, passing but we know him to be a dual threat, uh and he you know a lot of it was complimentary on the ground. It, it's funny because when we looked at Green Wave, uh, they added Johnny uh, Tadaverge uh, last week because Tony Curry is taking over as quarterback short term, and uh, there was a little conversation between the staff and like uh, maybe it's not a good idea to allow Tadaverge to play six D. Well, he'll just dominate and everything, and he's getting the ball, but the team's not doing well. But look, if, if it fits the cap. First yeah, exactly. If it fits the cap, so but but it was a whole thing of mm, maybe this is another quarterback situation where we need to kind of look at you know how much can you actually stack in a roster. But unless it's a quarterback, like let's put it this way, um, I've seen Tony Corey throw a ball. For those who don't, I'm know, not by the way, I'm not terribly worried about Jerry Verge taking over sixty. He normally plays Division One and Two. Just yeah. context for Snapper, people who may yes. not know. Yeah. He's won a few Div One titles. Uh, a team that's really caught my attention. I watched him yesterday. It's one of the topic questions. Is Kings of the North? Uh, very cool uniforms. Mm-hmm. I think Terry Tam had them ranked as one of his best uniforms that he's seen so far scorekeeping on Wednesdays. That actually is a great uniform. It is very cool. It's like a yeah. hybrid Sacramento Kings, Toronto Raptor-ish look over there. And uh, Anyway, so I've watched this team play twice. But it's twice a crown now. mo. <laughs> yeah, but if you see the Sacramento Kings logo, it's the exact same thing. Well, because it's a crown. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But I'm saying that they probably took the Sacramento Kings influence on the uniform. 
Because it's a crown. Can you go get the picture for us, please, Eagle? But it's a crown. Like, you get the I do see it though, like like the the it's Jay Williams era of no, before King. that. I'm talking about the '80s look, as Eagle gets the uh, crown. All right, so look, I've watched this team play twice. I know they've not scored many points, but their defense is pretty good. Like they've they've done a really good job on defense. They've come up with big tackles, uh, stopping teams on fourth down. Uh, this is a team that is is well played in terms of the unit that they are as a whole. I just wonder, though, can that offense pick up the pacer? Because we talk about points forward, P's, and you always bring up the old adage, five touchdowns should win you a game nine times out of ten. And they'll, they'll go through a teeth of games. Like, they lost to average Joes uh, yesterday. But this is a team that I think, if they can get the offense in rhythm, they might be a, uh, one of those dark horse teams that could probably upend the top four of the conference that they're in right now. So I actually played a, a scrimmage against Phil Osan. Uh, in the preseason and I was impressed by his natural skills his ability to throw the ball uh, he had play concepts that made a lot of sense he's, he's a very good athlete he's quick um, but I did notice that um, he's not at a point yet where he can make proje- uh, like uh, he can make progression reads and I think that that's going to be an issue for Kings of the North is that if he leaves the huddle thinking someone will be open and he's open that's fine. If he leaves the huddle thinking, okay, on this play, I think this will be open, and the other team takes it away, he, his, his ability to progress the reason, his ability to adjust his footwork to said reads is not there yet. I'm going to be the stupid person here and ask the question for the audience that may not know, what is a progression read? So it depends how you call your plays, of course, but let's say, for example, I'll use my own experience because I, I'm a flood, flood concept quarterback, uh, Eagle, you've witnessed that this week. Uh, essentially, many times. Essentially, what I like to do is 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 uh, stretch the defense and then use that to be able to open up the intermediate route. But then, if the intermediate route isn't there, that means either the the deep route was there early, so the ball had to be out of my hand to the deep route immediately, or uh, I need to check down to the route beneath the uh, the uh, intermediate route. Uh, otherwise, I need to be able to flip my hips and go backside if the if they're completely bailing and attacking the flood you need to have a counter flood to be able to to, to attack that backside it's a little complicated to, to explain uh i would say the concept of a progression read so yeah so you have a primary so for, target yeah so, so you have like a secondary target and, then, and there's something you're looking for that tells you what where you're yeah, you so for example like what, my, what happens. What, my first my first read is always going to be you know like deep whether it's a fly a seam a post that's the first read because if you throw that late it's going to be intercepted i learned that the hard way many 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 times as the eagle uh, too. And then and then sorry as eagle has learned as well against yeah. you guys and then you're looking then you're looking to the to the intermediate area uh because the 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 deep route would have cleared space if the defense is drifting into that spot then you need to hit underneath and let your your receivers get space. But you see the thing is for, for clarity purposes yes. this is Pisa's system. So that's yeah. that's my yeah, specific. You, you so if you run if you run for example something that's that's more iso reads where you have let's say like a, a play concept that's like hook corner hook corner hook then what you're doing is you're trying to see who has a mismatch what defense they're playing and then you're literally going uh, you know left to right or right to left depending on uh, how the defense lines up and how, how it is that you, you've decided to progress that. I'll route. say this. Uh, you guys can watch this two-minute binge by PZ, and that's all you have to know about PZ's offense when you play against Oh, them, but uh, it, everyone knows. <laughs> Except for Eagles team, right? Oh, they oh, do. No. They he do. was mad. He was very mad. We'll talk about that when we get okay, to five minutes. Think quickly about the Kings of the North. The reason why I like their defense a lot. Uh, defense is very good, by the way. Yes, yeah, I agree. D- Dylan Garber, 
Uh, hold on. We get, did they get the Garbers right here? Dylan Garber from uh, Trap Stars? He's not on this team, though. Ryan Garber. Ryan, Ryan Garber. The quarterback, Ryan Garber. Right? My, my, my former quarterback. He's also not on this team. Uh, for Trap Stars, I'm talking about. <laughs> He's on oh, Trap Stars, yeah. yeah that's what I'm I want to make sure the Garber's correct here. Because they played the first week of the season. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, like. Uh, Ryan Garber, my bigger part, right? That first game, he did not do anything against them since then he's, he's thrown for 12 touchdowns, right? So that's an indication that I think that Kings of North can definitely be a real tough out with that defense. But again, they remind me, you know what they remind me of? The Vikings. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thundercats. Which ones? Oh, the Vikings slash Thundercats. <laughs> There's been like in, eight iterations of it. Well, they've, they've played. The in, most recent ones. Yeah, yeah, they played in lower divisions. They always had a really good defense. The Nick John Vikings. Exactly. Oh, yeah, they always yeah. had a good defenses, but never a good offense. This same, same parallel with these guys here. In terms of what they can well, do. Well, that's it. Like, and we know guys like Danny Ostegi. But here, I have a question for you, uh, Mo. Real or fake, Sean Furlong. Oh, he's real. Sean Thomas Furlong is actually his name. So Sean Furlong's fake. Mo, oh, come I'm on. Sorry. Seriously, Jesus. But the dude's tall, and you can't teach tall. He's very, he's very athletic. He's very usable. And, and um, especially on defense, he makes it difficult for quarterbacks because he positions himself in a way that you've got to throw over him. And it's difficult because of his, his size. Uh, that another guy on this team to pay attention to is uh, Marc-Andre Blay. Very good route runner. Very sure hands. Very quick. I like him a lot. Very good scorekeeper too also, boy. Nice. I didn't know that we employed him. Yeah, neither did I until I found out last week. Neither did I. We uh, employ a lot of people at FBF, as it yeah, turns out. Do. Uh, Have we reached that point now where you're walking through the corridor? He's like, who is that? Yeah. He's the new employee. Oh, really nice. Uh, uh, look, Traps are speaking of them right now. Garber, 12 touchdowns in the last two games. Uh, is it them cashing in on an easier schedule or them being a legit contender? Who's this, right? Traps uh, Traps Stars, yeah. Um, look, I... Uh, Can you guys get jerseys? They have jerseys. Like, what are these? It's their jerseys with numbers on the back of it. There's no what requirement. Are these? But there's no so requirement. First, there. we're looking at the Sacramento King ripoffs, and now we have. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> contact contact uh, David Delaraca for all your graphic needs. I'll go to Sportira. Uh, and, and yeah, he'll set you up with Sportira. Call Karina. Um, but. And then, and then call her again to remind her. But um, <laughs> <laughs> look, the thing is, when you're looking at Trap Stars, I. Well, I'm a fan of Ryan Garber. You know this. I coached him at FPF Junior. Um, he put up insane numbers his first year playing in FPF Junior. Uh, he's a guy who learned a brand new system almost instantly. Uh, one of the smartest uh, kids I, I came across. I'm, I, I say kids because at the time he was a kid. He's now no, an adult man. man. But uh, Ryan Garber, uh, I'm always gonna gonna be in his corner. And look, he's completing seventy percent of his passes. Uh, Fifteen touchdowns, two interceptions. That doesn't well, matter who you're playing against because th- that's those are. That's what you need to do if you're if you're playing bad teams. That's what you need to do to bad teams, right? So in the last two games, no ints in the last two games. Exactly. So um, now they play average Joe's, which is going to be a tough matchup. Shambo is not going to be an easy matchup in pension plan, as well as McDo. Like the, the the heart of their schedule is now, right? So we'll have some answers. I think they'll go two and two or three and one in this stretch, and and, and that'll show us that yeah, they're 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 going to be amongst the competitors because those four teams are some of the best teams in the division. I, I, like I think the average Joe's game will be a good one for them. But I think Joe's saw them play last week, saw a bit of the game again uh, this week against Kings of the North. I think they're a bit predictable. And if, if Traps Rush can f- figure it out early in the game, I think they have a really good chance to pull away because I don't think Joe's can go score for score with Trap Stars. But if Trap Stars played like they did in week one against Kings of the North where they couldn't get the offense going and play down, not play down, but play to the level of what average Joe's are, uh, it could be a very intriguing game where it's a. It's in the balance until maybe the last play of the game. Uh, Mo, before we continue, we have to address a comment in chat from uh, Ryan Aridi 
asking where is the great sex that you promised everyone? Oh, it we was off camera, right Ryan. We go, we go three hours straight. Me, me and Mo, man, but, uh, we straight. have a special. It's, it's Ryan Reedy, man. We have a special bond, Ryan. Yeah. No, but I was talking about me and you, Mo, and our, our specific bondage. It's three hours straight. We go uh, eight divisions, Endurance wall to wall. Right we do this for three hours. I'm basically a masochist. Wall to wall. We keep ourselves <laughs> hydrated with uh, some fine green tea or coffee or Dehydrated water. in my case. Uh, if we need, if we want to get a thrill, we got some sugar rush cookies over there to our immediate right. So, Woo! Yeah. So we do have our uh, sex. You know, like I said, this is like better than sex watching us for Eagle, do you eat cookies after sex? Uh, no, then you get crumbs in the bed. Oh, that's the worst. I mean, you don't have to have sex in the bed. Yeah, but where you need the cookies? You know, put on the poll question. <laughs> I whatever the poll question is, <laughs> poll question. I second it. Yes, <laughs> put in the poll. Uh, yeah, we should put in the poll question. Uh, do you eat cookies after sex? <laughs> <laughs> do you feel more satisfied after one hour of like football or sex? Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes or yes. <laughs> yes and yes. All right, speaking of uh, satisfaction, 6D, uh, you look at stiffy arm, you look at South Shore semen, would you take those two so teams? So, like, Rob, pay attention when teams <laughs> register know. these names, man. <laughs> you must like they're South Shore Heman or something like that. I don't know. All right, so you look at Seaman, uh, you look at stiffy arm, would you take these two teams over the three and O's, that's above them, which is the Trojans, Tropic Thunder, and Inglorious Bastards? Um... Where would you take them? To like a like dinner or like a movie? Movie, maybe. Yeah. Uh, maybe a walk. You know, yeah, so like it depends because if I'm trying to get to know them, definitely a walk. Because in a movie, you're just you're glued to the plot, right? Yeah, like you're, you eat popcorn. Exactly. Like it's, you know, it, unless like it's a movie you're not really interested in seeing and you just sloppy ass make out session in the back, that might be the thing too. Then the semen are definitely your people. Then. Well, the, the, <laughs> the semen are basically Lequitur 16 movie theater because they're all over the seats. Um, <laughs> Do you guys ever get that feeling like, you know, you ever watch like CSI when they want to see the, the semen stains in the hotel of the murder scene and they use the uh, the fluorescent neon light? Do you ever want to bring one into the movie theater? And see God, no. So, well, you like, you're not from the East End, so you don't know this movie theater. This movie theater, like, they've reupholstered the seats 10 times and it's always covered in semen no matter what like it always looks disgusting the floor is always and, sticky and we don't understand where the sailors keep coming from like it, there's no water nearby the the cinema i know just, they just they just bodies everywhere off the uh <laughs> off, South the Shore, apparently. Af, off the Notre Dame though no like uh well that's what that's right off the 25 I mean, exactly it's seriously off the 25 right um no so like i actually i think tropic thunder has been playing really well uh, much better than I, than I anticipated. And Glorious Bastards, also spell your name properly. Um, they they're interesting because they're they're from FPF Junior, and it's letting me know that perhaps uh, they should teach spelling in school. So I was gonna correct this when we were looking at the teams, and I was like, well, no. If you named your team something, I'm gonna leave it. But also, <laughs> but uh, like at least if you're gonna misspell it, be Inglorious Bastard, like turds, like T U R D S. Yeah. No, then Rob wouldn't approve it. Well, come on, South Shore Steven. <laughs> yeah, South Shore Steven is not um, really the most. No, on, honestly, I, I'm I'm pretty confident with the three on top, and and I've always liked Trojans, and the fact that like, the, you know, the two top teams have scored 102 and 109 points, and neither of them have allowed 60 points. Bastards and Trojans play week six, so that's gonna be fun. Yep. And that's in Broadstart on, on a Saturday night, 8 p.m. Uh, on February 8th. Um, are oh, you because it's in front of you. I was like, how do you how do you always remember that? Well, it's right in front of me. 
Uh, are you believing the hype with uh, Jacob Souls and uh, believing the hype though on how they've been so far this year? Uh, Jacob Souls off to a really good start. Uh, believing the hype also up in the standings right now with where they're situated as we speak. As Eagle so they whip it up on the TV screen. I played against them. Um, I don't know if I remember. I think we might have been Fall Cup. They're talented. They're very talented. Um, it's Souls just a question of um, getting on the level with everyone else, and it just seems like Jacob Souls. Is protecting the ball more than he has in the past. He just needs to put up a few more scores than he has. He has 11 combined touchdowns in three games. That's okay. You need to do a little bit more. Uh, but the yeah, team but has we look at Garber. Athletes. Garber has what, 12 and three? I mean, same thing though. 11 and three, 12 I and three. He had 15. Oh, 15 and three. That's okay though. 11, 11 and three is not bad. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It's, just, but like, it's like, almost but, four but, touchdowns well, per game. Again, I'm not saying he's terrible. I'm saying he, the, the the next step. To be a dominant quarterback is to get, you know, average four to five touchdowns a game, which he's not quite there, right? So he's almost there. Let's say at twelve, you know, he has a, I'm splitting hairs in a sense, but um, I just know there's there's a lot of talent, um, and I'm I'm excited to see uh, them develop because I think they're they're right at the precipice of becoming one of the next best teams in Division Six. Their, their last four games is is like a death row, and that could make or break of where they're. Last thing can be. You got uh, South Shore Seaman, Steffi Arm, Trojans, and Tropic Thunder. All four solid teams. Yeah, they have they have like they have before that they have Diablos, BDR, and 89ers. So like 89ers not a good put, team. get your stats while you can because the last four games are going to be difficult. And I was going to say against Diablos, if you can't figure out how to play against them, then you're probably going to lose the other games. Yeah, but I think they'll be they'll beat Diablos just because they have better athletes. And they'll have their bye week uh, after Super Bowl. So this is their last game until February 8th. So they're going to go uh, pretty much almost two weeks without a football game in play. So you would want to get this victory and not have a bitter taste in your mouth, um, if you know what I mean. I know what you mean. Exactly, if you know what I mean. Uh, PZ, I want to ask you this. Uh, ask I me. To, I forgot to ask you for Div 3, but we'll do that for Div 3 and for 6 and 6D. Uh, every week I learned this from Mel Kuyper on his radio show every Saturday with uh, Darinoka. They always do the bandwagon picks for okay. their Super Bowl or college football. So every week, it's a different team, more or less, from Mel Kuyper. So I'm going to ask you, today, your bandwagon final will be who in 6 and 6D? In 6D, give me uh, 7th rounders. They have not allowed a point yet. Take it on who? Um, they haven't allowed a point yet. <laughs> let, so let's, let's let that sink in for a second. I know. Um, I like them a lot, and... Um, I think I think Trojans Trojans will be there. Too. It's cheesy because they're the two top ranked teams, but I don't care. Right now, give me give, give me safe money on on Trojans. But also, don't forget that these teams will be promoted into Division Six. Yes, if they stay at the top of the standing. So it's a little bit complicated for Division Six and Six D to do right. this. But let's just say which of the teams do we expect to do damage in in the higher bracket? I can see Trojans doing damage, and I can see I can definitely see seventh rounders doing damage. They have not allowed a single point in their tenure in FPF. All right, uh, that's insane. Div six, which probably has a little bit more of a stability of who we know will be in the finals. Your bandwagon final picks will be who in Div six. Well, I I, I know what you mean about um, Vince Pisano not putting up enough points, uh, considering that he shouldn't even be in this division. But it's just hard in a playoff game not to go with his level of experience. Like, like if this isn't the championship season for Vince Pisano, I don't think we're going to see a championship season for him. Um, so that alone leads me to think that. Um, and then Winnie, Winnie the Bish, 
um, is just insanely talented, and they have the, the, the cheat code that is the Joey Taylor offense. All right, Division Three, your bandwagon finals prediction right now. And again, it will change every week perhaps, or PZ will be consistent with well, it. Well, I won't remember what I said immediately that when the show ends, so I promise you we will not be the same every so week. So Division Three, your bandwagon finals for – when is this uh, final for Div Three, uh, Eagle? It's the Saturday or the Sunday. What day is it on? Fourth or fifth of April. What day is that on? Saturday or Sunday. What time? Between 5 That's and 11. That's fantastic analysis right there. <laughs> okay, so your Div 3 final, please. Give it's me It's going to depend on which teams make it because you have back-to-back conflicts and scheduling and all that shit, so don't fucking test me like that. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, hold on here. Hold on, hold on, big boy. It's actually on a Saturday, 6.30 p.m. Jesus, come on. That may move. Well, no, it says right here. Subject to change. It's subject to change. Um, well, uh, you see, he calls us out on, on our uh, feces, but we can't call him out on his feces. Seriously. Where's right. your feces? In the toilet where it belongs. <laughs> Why don't you send a picture to the group like you're supposed to? Oh, uh, give me Jaegerbaum. They're only going to get better once Simon Deshesne returns. Uh, and on the other side, Junkyard Dogs. Uh, uh, that roster is completely stacked for, for a Div 3. That's, that's one of the best rosters I've seen in Division Three in a long time. I just looked at the Div Three schedule. Um, my God, do you see the playoff uh, dates? So they go the twenty second, which is on a Sunday, and then they play three days later on the twenty fifth mm-hmm. on a Wednesday, and then they go back at it on the 29th. So that's three games in seven days, and they play April fourth. So that's a little bit of space, but that's three games in the span of uh, a week here. That's going to be the, the, a real yeah. Because there's there's a, a holiday that that hits right after, uh, known as the Masters. Um, and that's why. That's why the uh, schedule is compressed. It's, it's so I can actually watch well, Masters. Masters what? April 4th and 5th? Uh, yeah, exactly. And no, it's the weekend after, isn't it? No, uh, the weekend after is uh, Easter. I know. It's, it falls, Eagle, on, you, uh, it falls on Easter weekend this week. Th- th- that's why I finally get to watch the Masters. Well, it's been five years since I've been able to watch it in peace. He's watching it in PVR. I don't see that. I got my green jacket ready to go. I'm very excited. The FPF jacket. Yeah. We should give out FPF green jackets. Like if, if you're, you're a Masters, you're the master of your domain, like South Shore Seminar. Okay, so hour one. the best of that movie theater, I'll tell you that much. Hour one of the books, and hour two. What do we have net coming up in hour two, Eagle? Division one, division two, 35 plus, and division four, A and B. Who's our guest for the hour, please? We have none other than legendary receiver, NDB, and quarterback, uh, Anthony James Gomes, who apparently is not as good as Rory Simmerjan from last week, so we'll hear his opinion on this. We'll get and we'll get his analysis on Division One and Two. He's uh, the writer for the division, so I'm very excited. Is he really? Yeah. AJ Gomes? How do you not know who's writing? I <laughs> do you not know who's on the media? Because I see a rotated cast of rotated writers here. Like I see Brett. Yeah, he, writes, he writes one and two for the uh, for the Steve power Harms. rankings and picks, but he he uh, previews the weekend games as well. Oh, man, I should know what's going on here with AJ Gomes. You should. All right, hour coming one. back soon. Two. Hour two coming up next here on the Audible.
Welcome back. It is Call the Audible, Hour 2, Div 1, 2... 35 plus. 35 plus and... 4, four A, a 4, B. Yeah, so we got those lined up here in Hour number 2, and AJ Gomes will join us uh, in uh, half an hour? Yeah, about that. 30 minutes from now, AJ Gomes. Is he coming downstairs? Uh, I mean, I walking up to our high-rise studio? Well, AJ wanted the questions beforehand. I said, no, that's not going to happen. I don't do that. I go, I don't do that with, with, with professional athletes, and I won't do that with you. And he's like, all right, give me a question they're going to ask me. I go, what's your favorite food? Okay, that's I, great. I do want to know his favorite food. What is your favorite food, Mo? No, AJ Gomes. No, but that's you. Ooh. Oh, my favorite food <laughs> You like is... the taste of AJ, huh? <laughs> hey, AJ Gomes. Uh, nice guy. Uh, some time in Lacquer when 16. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm never going to go there. Never. You shouldn't. I go all the time because I sneak in booze and snacks. A lot of pyrotechnics at Lacquer Oreo. All right, listen. Uh, true. Favorite food is uh, chicken cutlets. And I can eat like 10 of those in one sitting. 10? Yeah. That's a lot of chicken. So, like, I can eat a lot of that. I, yeah. I have a bizarre favorite food that, like, literally, my, like, my mom has to make it once a year because, like, Natalia can't stand, like, the smell of it or whatever. And, like, my grandparents were, like, from the old country, farm, farm folk. Like, we ate everything, right? So, there's a part of the chicken inside the throat that crushes uh, rocks. It's called the gizzard. I love risotto with chicken gizzards. Yeah, I like gizzard too. Love you're the only other person in my life that I know that love. It's because as a child, it was like, "Here's chicken, eat it, eat it, and shut up." (laughs) What is this? It's the heart. It's the kidneys. It's the gizzard. I'm like, all right, that's fine. Yeah, I love I love organs. You ever eat chicken feet? I I used to eat chicken feet as well. Yeah, I ordered it. I was at a um, um, uh, what's it called dim sum place, Mm. and I ordered it, and it came with them. And 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 like the the woman Um, was like, "Are you sure?" I was like, "Yeah." Did you get tested at the hospital for any viruses of some sort? No, it's cooked, man. I'm just asking. That's pretty big right now in the world. What? The viruses. Oh, you mean where I'm landing? You know what? You know that I'm landing in Beijing in 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 a month, right? You know what Mexico and China have in common? Corona. Yeah. There's also been an outbreak in, in Mexico, though. So There has been, yes. Yeah. There's actually five reported cases in Quebec. So I'm right. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> All right. I wonder if it's as good with Lyme. I don't know. you got to test that when you go to Beijing. All right. Uh, let's uh, dive into Div 1 Div 2. Uh, Div 1, uh, some games that I saw. I actually saw two of them. Uh, got skills. Uh, very regal in their win over uh, Yuxu. Regal. Yeah, 42-32. This wasn't even close. Uh, I know it's a 10-point win. This could have been could have been higher. But I was really impressed. Nick Santomo, who takes a lot of grief um, on the field for his habits of how he reacts to plays or doesn't have plays going his way calls-wise. He's a crazy person. He is. Uh, yeah. I, I think in tackle, I'll take him any day. I think he's a guy that you go to a war with. But he was phenomenal in this football game. I mean, he really sliced up that Yuxu defense. They had no answers to what he was throwing on the football field. And he made a phenomenal grab off a 10 Billy Death throw, five yards in the red zone, where he threw to Billy Death, who dropped back his second quarterback. Billy Death going left to right with his throw, throws it up in the air. And literally, uh, Santomo goes up like a rebound over, I forget which DB it was. DB went right under him. He catches him like a rebound and then scores the touchdown. I was like really impressed by how Godskills came through. I just thought Yuxu may have taken this game a little bit lightly. Um, Alex Hollowak was not on point. He got off to a slow start. I mean, 22-28, though, Mo. But in the, but in the first half, though, in the first couple of drives, he just didn't get in rhythm until in the second 
portion of, of the football game itself. But I just thought overall this was a lot of drop balls by Yuxu and perhaps underestimating your opponent in God's skills, who I think we all thought would probably lose to Yuxu, but that was not the case. Yeah, Holak was intercepted by Vienna on the first drive. Um, kind of set the tone for that game. I was I was surprised by this outcome. Um, I didn't think Godskills would score this much on, on Yuxu. I thought uh, Alex Holak wouldn't even need to play a perfect game in order to win this. It turned out to be uh, that hit literally the one mistake just set the, the tone for the entire game. Um, and, and it's crazy like to think that the level that we're, we're seeing now in Division One, uh, as high as it's always been, but now like you see Alex Holloway going 22 for 28, 223, and it, you lose by more than the score. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're, you're losing by 10 points. That's, that's out of this world. I, just, I think so far, Yuxu, like, I don't know if it's a hangover from last year or not, but I feel like maybe now we're, it's early overreaction here, but they haven't found their, their, their rhythm yet. They haven't I mean, it's the first loss. It's for, but it's the first, they, that, they beat though. Braves, which is which has always been a thunder sight, and they beat the finest with their backup quarterback. Maher wasn't there for that game, though. Okay, I know, but, I'm but just they saying. they also won a game without their. So you but know, they, I mean, like they you can't make the argument only on one side. No, okay. but they haven't been convincing yet. That's my point. They haven't been convincing. Where I'm like, wow, you know what? Like, yeah, even though they have one loss, I still think they're the team to beat. I just think that these they've been kind of like fidgety out. There but if, if that's the case, if that's the case, that means their best their best football's ahead of them, right? So like that's. More terrifying. How do you make anything. this roster better, though? I think is the big question. You can't. <laughs> you no. legitimately can't. Absolutely not. You can't. But so if they don't win with this, what do they do? Do they just keep trying? They try again. Salary cap cuts, man. You get rid of uh, Hollowack, and then you, you like okay, but you pull a Novogard. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, do you think Novogard regrets not having him there anymore? I mean, well. depends who you ask. Depends who you ask. If we did, I'm sure, if we did I'm sure it was divided camp at the time, too. I'm sure if did, you ask Corey Pecker, he's totally fine with it. <laughs> if, we, if we did a silent vote, I wonder how many people would say, yeah, I'd love to have Alex Hallowat back because he's been bombing away on teams the last couple of years overall. Um, Finest saw this game as well. Uh, losing to Braves 49-37. Uh, this was a game where the Braves really were never in doubt in terms of how this game played out. It, it came out to pretty much the last drive where – Wyatt had a chance to tie it up, but couldn't do so, and it was picked off by Georges Garipi. But overall, this was a good heavyweight fight between the two teams. But my biggest question mark about DA's finest now is that, yes, Jared Taylor's finding his rhythm, but is it a big question mark, or is this a big worrisome, PZ, that Keyshawn Thompson is your leading receiver uh, for what he did, 6 for 96 and two touchdowns, Yeah, when you have other pass catches on this well, I mean, roster? I mean, Jared Taylor was... Jared Taylor and Matt Kirak were equally involved, right? So, like, um, I don't think it's it's the Keyshawn Thompson show in a, in a sense, um, but it just seems as though they're, they're they are a playmaker short uh, from what they've been in the past, right? Um, and so, like, you know, if you look at Braves, you know, J.D. Chevalier, the two Pilons, George Gary P, Mike Pierre Saint. That's like solid across the line. We looked at the, the the you can't sit with us offense, and that's solid across the line. And let's say if the finest is supposed to be part of this top three, I just don't see their roster being able to compare to, to compete on that level. Given that you know, uh, you 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 have you know Keyshawn, Jared Taylor, and Matt Kerouac, though that trio is already solid, but not as good as some of the other trios. And then on top of that. The, the fall off on receivers four and five is much lower than other teams. 
I, I, look, I, I think this is a glitch on, this, on the app here because the Braves actually attempted more two-point attempts than they had listed on the app when I score kept this game. But I, I was imagining myself saying if the Braves had actually hit on half those two-point attempts, this could have easily been a two, if not maybe high two-score lead or win for them. So, like, the Braves are... are Wait, were you the scorekeeper in this game? I was, yes. So maybe you, the input was wrong? Maybe it was no, I, I put I put two unsuccessful, you know, and then I see it now, and I realize that it was only 0 for 1. That's incorrect. They actually had multiple two-point attempts. Eagle, Joey, fi- fix this shit. Joey! Fix yeah, it. It's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, by the way, you can fix, fix it. my uh, Telemac for Justin Weir uh, stat, please. Just go fix it. I don't have the password to the back end. Just That's true. It. It, it's restricted back end now. Oh, really? Yeah. Even yeah. Mo got restricted? I, don't, Wait, I didn't think do? so. But I used to have it, but I don't have it anymore. What did you do? Nothing. <laughs> I've never been on the site in the last year and a half since we got the iPads. There's nothing I need to do physically now. Well, now you do. I just go yeah. ask, email Simo. Email Eagle. Then email Simo? Yeah, honestly, telling Simo what to do we'll call him later. Is, be- is becoming my favorite thing to do in FPF. Like, getting to boss him around because he's in charge of me is my favorite thing in the world. It's, it's amazing. It's really fun. Uh, Div 2. Uh, games that caught your attention from Div 2 that really was like, oof. Like, uh, well, we thought we Simal getting his butt whooped by no regard, but that's no point because it was not even well, we Like I said, I, I don't see a, a winnable game on the schedule for, for lightweight as presently constituted. So did they overestimate themselves as being heavyweights? But really no, there were players that uh, committed and then did not play on the team whose names I will spare on this podcast. We can't, we can't out Lisa them. S. Oh, I'm sorry. L. Simpson. We can't out them, though. <laughs> we can't. Uh, I, I would prefer not to. What's more likely to happen? You uh, snitching on that or we, us finding out who was the one vote that didn't go for Jeter in the Hall of Fame? Perfect 100%. Well, we're going to find out the Jeter one, I imagine, soon. Next day or so. Um, but this wasn't even close, though. I mean, it, it, they essentially, and if you go look at the stats, Eagle, team stats, uh, this should be up there because I did put it at the end. They had one punt, no regard. You know why? Because Corey Pecker had one play left before five plays. He's like, you know what? I'm not going to. It's like, no mas. I'm going to punt the ball away. Game over. Yeah. That's the most, that's the most insulting thing to an opposing so. team that, hey, they punted the ball with a, with a score like that, knowing very well they could have put I, th- I think points. he just didn't want to. You know, I'll be insulted. Do any more damage to lightweight. You no know what I like about this stat? Total number of plays ran 27 apiece, 53 26. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> it's a slow game, though, man. But you know what? Norgard had, I think, two pick sixes in this football game. So yeah. this add that total to the buys of Simon Dash, who, by the way, I think is only, what, 900 yards away from Marco Masiocha's, uh number three spot in all time passing yards in FPF history. Um, BOB beat Lee Stud. Um, not entirely surprising, but they're they're sort of like the both of these teams are sort of the mid pack division two teams, like guy you know teams that could beat anybody on a given week, and and they're going to sort of cannibalize the middle of the division, and and uh, you know Matt Renee had a better game than Sam Cano. It's going to happen. I feel like you can flip a coin on this one, and this time it landed on heads. You know, yeah, Matt, Re- Matt Renee sort of that. Um He's like a, not like a not, not a gunslinger, but he has that mentality where it's like, hey, tee it up, let it fly. And if he but throws I'm, for seven touchdowns, he throws for seven TDs. If he doesn't, he doesn't. I'm loving Matt Rene with this core. It's uh, it's just it, it's he's he's a pleasure to watch. And the nervous wreck that we had seen in the past is not Matt Rene. Well, that's because he was playing with certain players that made him uncomfortable. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like it, it's it's awesome to see him getting the respect that that level of talent absolutely deserves 
Yeah, no, I, I see your point. And th- this is a core that's been together now for a few seasons. Uh, Foucault, Lepage, Osman, uh, Jacques Voigt, who was missing in action for a, a year or so because of, uh, of health issues that he had. Uh, Marc-Andre Lapointe, who you, we all know very well. Uh, it's a very good team of, of, of guys uh, comprised together. But look, I, I'm not going to doubt the studs, though. You have, you have a great cup winner in Kerfala who won a great cup with Winnipeg last, just last season who can definitely tear it up over the middle. They're going to be a good team, Listaz, and I think they will be in that bracket of teams that we might say, hey, they could definitely win a Div 2 title at the end of the day. But I think BYOB is one of those high risk. Hey, they can win big or they lose big. I, just, I feel like those two. I feel like the two teams are kind of the same. They're the two teams who are at, the, at their height are absolutely dominant, and then there's just going to be some games that they just don't achieve their heights. You know what I mean? Or reach their height. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever the uh, analogy is, that right. one. Taco Tuesday, winning over uh, no cap. We'll quickly here before we get to the uh, top of the shores here. I wasn't impressed by Taco Tuesday. Uh, they they allowed no cap to stay in this football game uh, multiple times. Uh, Jason Prince with a pick six early in the second half uh, against Jimmy Lee Janvier. I just wonder if Jimmy Lee Janvier is uh, probably uh, a weight class too high in where he is as a quarterback compared to where everyone else is as, as a team. This is a low. Well, but, but he, he is. But he knew it. Like for him to quarterback two teams, it had to be two and three, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. But I think he's he's earning valuable experience at this point. Well, you know what the coolest name is, uh, and I'll say it uh, till uh, till the day I die for IPF, Joe Max Mukuna. What a cool name! Mm. I love that name. I always think of Joe Max. What a cool name! But uh, like Taco Tuesday. I, I, again, I know Sean Avram is, is one of those guys that's going to win ugly, but they just weren't convincing. They kind of played down to no cap. And because of that, no cap kept it within the score, and then they pulled away uh, Taco Tuesday at the end of the football game. And there's a little bit of um, feistiness with, between the two teams here. There's a little tripping going back and forth. Um, in fact, Jared Taylor and Vinny Galano in a one-on-one, Galano on defense, Taylor on offense, literally flew into my sidelines. And uh, I, I was like, boy, if this carries on, this will be fun to watch. It was up until like the last five minutes when Taco Tuesday had the game in hand at that point. But I just wonder for no cap if they can just get that quarterback play a little bit out, higher up in the production tablet than what they were on ch- Monday night, I think it was, this game. So. Vinny Galano recorded two, two sacks in this game as well. That's yeah, and he has, yeah. I think he had a safety as well in this football game. So like Vinny Galano, Mr. Everything. He might be uh, all-world Mr. FPF this year. So we'll find out now. We'll get him. We'll get him a T-shirt. Shall we? We'll call. We'll call, we'll call David Del Rocca and Karina at Sportira. Here, I have a great question for you guys. Um, so I, I'm going off topic here. FPF Fall Cup. We gave out team banners, correct? Yep. So why are we doing that for the winter season for the division winners? Like good a question, Division Rob. one. Like I mean, it's a cool thing, right? Like we, mm-hmm. we see, you know, for minor league sports, they give out team banners, right? Why don't we do that for? We can do it. All right. Good. Put us, Rob. Putting Rob in an uncomfortable position. All right, uh, Robert Campbell. It'd be cool too. It'd be one thing that would be cool is uh, if we can like decorate the uh, the field on the day with banners of past champions. I mean, we could. But you're doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing either. I'm already there early enough. Okay. That's yeah. why. That's why we have Simon. Oh, so we have staff now. We have staff now. Oh, yeah, we can get talent to do that. All right, uh, Division One. Uh, who is the best two and one team right now? Peace in Div One. Uh, in Division One, and they've all beaten each other so far. K 
Can you list them for me as the internet loads? Yes, we can. As we go to the page for Division One. Never mind. I can list them for you. <laughs> we'll put the main page for the. Gus skills, flag one side. You can't sit with us, Braves. Look, it's it's you can't sit with us and Braves and everyone else. And that test one two three is uh, undefeated so far this year. Well, you know they're great, pretty good. Why That's is it still there? Because it's our testing app for every time we have to make pushes, so we can oops it. Okay. So I can't wait for the app test versus app test ABC versus one. It happens two, every week. <laughs> it's, a, it's a rivalry unlike any other. Okay, so um, I, I think this division, there's like an elite tier with You Can't Sit With Us and Braves. I know God Skills just beat You Can't Sit With Us. I don't think they can repeat that performance consistently. Um, so I think those are the two best teams in Division One period. And then there's a, a slight r- regression down to God Skills and, 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 um, and Flag One Sack. Do you think, like, so I don't think it's, a rid- I don't think the following is a ridiculous statement. Day Finest is the fifth best team in Division yeah. One. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I think like, they may they may have the best quarterback. That's that's fine, but they're the fifth best team in Division One. I think they might be. They, like they'll play SCL soon enough. Again, when's the SCL DA's Finest game, Eagle? Yes. When is that game? Yes. When is it? Yes. I'm trying. Well, I know it's unreal. Uh, well, <laughs> STL now face you can sit with us. Defi- uh, DA Finest, God Skills, Flag One Sack. And then finest the game. Week five and week eight. Yeah. yeah. So, look, I think finest are going to win their games, but I, I think it might come down to those, to that battle to get in as a last playoff team. Is uh, do you think STL is a bit out of their depth? No, I don't think so. They they uh, they look. They had that close game uh, this past week. They got blown out uh, week two. I think STL can turn it around if they can just get a little bit more speed to work with. I think Dylan Terry's got this relax out there. He's had some uh, hiccup moments at times here, mm-hmm. so I think STL will be okay. And look, they got look if Dylan's on point, and you have Theo Jaya, who is going to somehow explode one way or another. And you know Theo loves to go out, go off against the finest. Mm-hmm. He's got them not one but twice this season. That's gonna be fun to see what yeah. will happen with that. Overall. All right. Um, oh, we have AJ We have Gomes. a note. We have a note. We have no note. We have another trade. AJ Gomes in five minutes. Uh, like, we mentioned him last week. What does it say at the bottom of that note? On the phone. All right. Uh, no, we underneath have, that. Yeah, on the phone. All underneath right. that. Don't read this out loud. No problem. <laughs> but that's the idea, though. It's to, to call it a pre-sell. Hey, AJ Gomes in five minutes. Tune in. That's how you keep people hooked into the show. That's how you do it. All right. It's because the regular content's un- boring enough. That's why. No. All right. Uh, look, we mentioned Jared. We mentioned that uh, Jeremy Murphy last week. Okay, but who will have a bigger impact with the team? We have Jared Taylor now with the Finals. So it looks like he's going to be a mainstay with them. Serge Pilon-Jr., who's now a, a mainstay with Brazy. Yeah, Paul Lapierre, who's also playing in STL, and we could put in Jeremy Murphy, who we think is going to have an impact. But the irony, though, with Jeremy Murphy is that he's been a really good player for uh, for Godscales. Mm-hmm. But Jared Taylor, funny enough, is the guy he replaced at Concordia. When Jared Taylor went to play junior football, Murphy was recruited to play at Concordia. So out of those four guys, Taylor, Murphy, Pilon Jr., or LaPierre, who will have the bigger impact with their team? I'd probably say Paul LaPierre. Just the, the size mismatch that he typically creates and his ability to just know uh, where to fit in and spacing and, and move the chains. It's something that, again, we are not yet tracking players who get first downs, but... Uh, for years, it, it's been a stat that it's a lost stat in FPF, and it's it's something that's truly important. And I think there are a few that do it as as good as, as Paul Appear does. I think Paul's size is is a problem for over the middle. I think no one can contest with him. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but if he if his mind's locked in and he's there fully committed, I think Jared Taylor can really have an impact with the finals. So I think they've been missing. If Gilmore comes back, I'm not too sure. Patrick Jerome, I don't know what his status is, if he's hurt or not, if he's if he's not going to play. I don't know. But if Jared Taylor is going to be that guy and Patrick Jerome comes back, that's a pretty good one-two punch because Taylor can definitely open up a lot of things from the right to wide out position. So I'll go Jared Taylor. Murphy, we know, is a legit player. He's, mm-hmm. he's a real deal. There's no ifs or buts about him uh, being a, a break. Well, I, I don't, like, again, the question wasn't who's good and who's bad. It was who's, who's most impactful. Yeah, I think Jared Taylor will have the most impact because the lack of talent on the finals right now. And they need someone because they're, they're slow and old. That's what they are. Jared Taylor is young, and he's a very agile player out there. So I think he'll have a bigger impact with the team. But is he is he getting like the number one like is he drawing the number one coverage at I all times I think he will now so I mean maybe that limits his impact they have uh, DA's Finals has who this week uh, Eagles I believe it's Got Skills I think Got Skills right that's it gonna be a God fun skills. game that's gonna be a really good game Murphy. who are technically leading the division yeah yeah technically speaking that's surprising yeah which uh, that, Braves in fourth technically no, yeah not really no, Machine no. Sunday this weekend that's gonna be fun <laughs> to watch for sure uh, like 3-0 teams from Div 2 that will lose first. Which one of the three knows will lose first? You have Taco Tuesday, Bad Boys, and Hashtag NR. PZ, which team do you think will lose first? Well, let's look at some of the schedules. Eagle, who's Taco Tuesday facing? Simo, look up the schedule, please. Taco Tuesday is playing Terror Squad next week. Bad Boys week five, Hashtag NR week six. Okay. And... Let's go Bad Boys, who are also 3-0. So this week they're playing Underachievers, and then they're playing Taco Tuesday, and then Lay Stud. Okay. And what's the other team, Mo? Uh, you have NR. And hashtag NR. And hashtag NR is playing Killabees, Underachievers, and then Taco Tuesday. Oof, easier schedule for them. Yeah, I think hashtag NR is... I think, I think Taco the Tuesday is the next one to lose. Because I think... Because Taco Tuesday are, uh, is playing Bad Boys week five, right? Yeah. So this win. week, everyone probably wins. Then week five, NR wins. And then Taco Tuesday wins. And then week six, well, I don't NR think, wins. I don't think so because I think, I think Taco Tuesday will lose to Bad Boys. So Bad Boys, okay. Bad Boys are better than, than they're getting credit for. You think Bad okay. Boys is better than what, what they are? And then week seven, then Bad Boys is going to play hashtag NR. Actually, I'm thinking BYOB. I made a mistake. Nope. <laughs> Tuesday. It might come down to Bad Boys and NR, but but what's the other what's the third team now? Yeah, so so week five, it's Bad Boys that play Taco Tuesday. Week six, Taco Tuesday play hashtag NR, and then week seven, Bad Boys play hashtag NR. So we're assuming week four everyone wins. Yeah. Okay. I, I, so I think it, it might it, I think it might be Bad Boys to win to, to, to lose first. Are are those the top three teams set in stone? I don't know, but I'm not convinced about Bad Boys yet. I'm not convinced about Bad Boys yet. I think they're more they're closer to sort of like the, the the middle sort of the middle grouping of teams than they are the top. So when you look at, like I, I see them as body equivalent to BYOB, Listud, um, you know. So BYOB has the second highest scoring offense in Div Two. Yeah. Would you take them as being the as being perhaps the best offense, or would you take someone else as being the best offense in this division? Because keep in mind, Norgard did score fifty against. Uh, I was going to say the, the thing is, BBIOB is maybe a more consistent offense, but the high the ceiling on hashtag NR is is crazy. Like you know that they're an offense that can put up 
40 or 50 points. I like this team a lot. Week in and week out. I like this team. Before we get to AJ Gomes, we have Ryan Lenowski in chat saying, you better put some respect with a K on my name, of which I would say you're about an hour late. Yeah, Yeah, seriously, pay attention, Ryan. Watch the show now. So, no. Next week, not talking about him. Hello, AJ Gomes. Hey, what's up? Hey, AJ. Hey, AJ. I I thought we were supposed to go through uh, Christina first to clear this uh, call. Yeah, well, you're supposed to send a preview of the questions, and that didn't really happen. So I don't do that for professional athletes. Why would I do that for you? Well, I thought this league was professional. Excuse me. Oh, it's you were very much wrong. You were very you much wrong. So wrong. <laughs> you're so wrong, AJ. AJ, the one player really? that you the one player that you fear in FPF is who? Fear? Yes. That's that's a strong word. Um, I think there's a lot of talented players, but uh, definitely the Pilon Twins. Are, are very deadly. Dion, Jaya, uh, Vandram, a couple of guys up there. But the guy that I fear the most would probably have to be uh, Jonathan Meyer. When he's on his game, he, he's locked in and there's nothing you can do about it. And the fact that he's like that and can also play on defense is just incredible. Have you picked him off yet or no? Uh... No, I know I lost him for a touchdown once in Division Two when I was playing with Clockwork, but I don't know about picked him off. Can't remember. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't throw a ton of picks to begin with, so that would be difficult. Yeah, uh, exactly. But I'm waiting, though. I'm waiting. AJ, this is your first season writing for FPF, which, by the way, welcome to the team. I know I've told you that personally, but you know, I want to take a moment. Twenty minutes ago, actually. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate that. Too. I want to take a moment to do that uh, publicly. I was looking at some of the teams that are one and two right now in Division Two, and, and, and being that you're you're one of our analysts, I uh, want to pick your brain. Uh, looking at teams like Les Studs, Killer Bees, Terror Squad, The Underachievers, uh, 2.0, um, are there teams in that group that you're surprised to see under 500 in the third week of the season? In Division Two, you said, sorry. Yeah, in Division Two, exactly. Um. I thought Terror Squad would have gotten off to a better start, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of confidence in my uh, in my boy Tam, so I, I expected better from them. But I, I also think they're going to turn it around. Like I said, I mentioned Pilon before; he's super deadly, and uh, Tam is Tam is really close to me. We coach together, and he was excited to tell me that he got them on his team this year. So I expect him to get them more involved and for them to turn it around real quick. AJ, when you look at Division One. This year, uh, Yuxu, your team, uh, lost a tough one to Bra- uh, to uh, Braves. Uh, I beg your pardon. Lost a tough one to the Got Skills earlier this week. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sam Kildos, my boy Kildos. He crushed your heart and ripped your soul out. Yeah. Um, when you look at this division overall, is this going to be one of those cl- close parody-like divisions where you're going to have two, if not three, teams really close in the record-wise? Or do you think there's an elite team or elite teams that will pull away at some point in the season? Uh, I think it's I think it's really tight. I think it's going to stay that way. I mean, the divisions it's kind of wide open. You know, a lot of uh, uh, most of the teams sitting at two and one. Uh, like you guys mentioned before on the podcast, everybody's kind of beat each other at this point. I think it's going to stay wide open the whole year. I think everyone's going to stay battling. Uh, like you guys also said, if Padron comes back, the finest are going to bounce back real quick. They're going to get out of out of Pisa's number five spot. They could be back in the number two before we know it. So. Uh, I think it's uh, only a matter of time until we see them also bounce back. And for now, we're gonna we're gonna wait and see. I think that if you can't sit with us, get uh, if we get the chemistry going, we can definitely pull away. I'm excited to get that going with Hollowax. It's only a couple of games that we played together right now, but 
I think that we have the chance to be one of the best in the division. And uh, also there's the Braves. Meyer came back now, so he's definitely going to start tearing it up. And uh, I think, like you guys had mentioned, we're probably the top two. But it's tight, and it's, it's going to stay tight. That's why it's Division One. Well, it is Division One. So, like the the difference from like you know the top to the next team is, is not is not going to be uh, not going to be terribly vast. Uh, we talked about your roster earlier, AJ. Is this the most talented roster you've played on so far? And uh, you can sit with us. It's definitely one of them. I mean, it's hard to say it's the most talented roster when I was on a roster with a bunch of Concordia players, young young studs, you know, and. Jared Taylor, Kwesi, Khalil, like that, that, that was a pretty nasty roster also. Uh, this one's really nice with me, Justin McLean, Millard, the experience of Vinny, Bertoldi, and then obviously Terry Tam, we can't forget about him, but one of the best snappers in the league. Top seven. <laughs> with, 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 uh, with Holowax brain. So yeah, this, this roster is definitely really special, but, uh, I've also played on some, on some really nice ones. The one that I was also on, uh, with Sam Mashtub was uh, was a nice one. I've seen him do some nasty things. So yeah, this one this one's definitely up there. I'd probably put it tied with uh, with with the Wakefield team. So what kills you more, dropping a, a a sure touchdown in the end zone or a sure pick, pick six going the other way? Definitely the touchdown. Really, not a pick definitely six. Definitely, definitely the touchdown. Um, I, I'm an offensive player first. Everything I do on defense, like. It's just a bonus for me, but I'm an offensive guy. I'm a receiver from birth, so when I drop a ball on offense, it absolutely kills me. So no one can stop you then? Uh, I don't know about no one can stop me. I mean, I don't know if we're talking one-on-one or teams per se. I mean, teams have stopped me. You just drop a guy at 25 yards and you'll keep me from going deep. But uh, there's also teams that have tried to stop me by doing that, and I scored three touchdowns that game. And now I'm playing with them in Division One, so you know it is what it is. AJ, one of the rites of passage of being part of the FPF media is getting hate mail. So I wanted to know: Have <laughs> yeah. you gotten any yet? And if so, what has it been about? I haven't gotten any hate mail yet. Nobody's called me out on anything it's or coming. asked me about <laughs> anything. Uh, I've actually gotten some pretty positive feedback, and uh, I'm actually really happy about writing for the league right now. It's, uh, it's been pretty fun. And uh, I look forward to getting some hate mail, to be honest. I look forward so, to getting feedback. So where feedback. would people want to send it to you? Is it on Facebook? Where, where do you want them to contact you so you can, like, flush it out of your DMs? Wherever, wherever you guys want. Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you could text me. It's no problem. His agent. Yeah, so it's honestly, uh, AJ. I've I've enjoyed, uh, you know, Simone brought your name to me, saying, "Hey, what about what about AJ?" And I said, "Well, you know, I like the guy, so I don't know. Can he write? Can he? You know, I I didn't know much about you uh, from that aspect." And Simone vouched for you, and I've been very happy uh, with the work so far. Uh, but yeah, the, the hate mail will come because at some point teams uh, start getting in their feelings when they aren't happy with the way the season's gone. One of those guys who's not who can't be happy in Division One or Two is Dylan Taylor. Uh, you know, right now STL struggling, but I want to talk about under underachievers 2.0. Um, I'm su- I'm kind of surprised to see this roster uh, sitting at one and two to start the season. Uh, th- does that surprise you at all? Um, well, not really, because they are a team that's like has a core that's been together for uh, for a little bit, and I think with Rod on that team throwing for them, it might be a bit of a different story. Mm-hmm. But because there's Dylan and he brought some of his guys on the team, they still gotta find that chemistry. 
And mm-hmm. it might take them a bit, but I don't think it's going to take them long with guys like Jordan McLaren on the team. AJ, when you uh, when you look at the rest of Division Two overall, um, it's still early in the in the season. We're only through three weeks of the season, and we're about to hit the Super Bowl week very soon. Here, uh, is there a definitive favorite in your mind right now in Division Two that you think, hey, I I believe they're going to be in the finals on April fourth or fifth in early April? Yeah, our team, Taco Tuesday. Mine is Taco Tuesday. How about that? How about anyone else but Taco Tuesday? Hashtag NR is always deadly. They've been together for a while. And uh, just the fact that Corey Peck is, is, is there throwing in Division 2 is completely, completely, completely deadly. So they should be uh, they should be the clear favorites in our division, to be honest. All right, Adrian, as, much as, it, as much as it pains me to say it. All right, Adrian, before we let you go, uh, can you list your yeah. top three receivers in FPF right now? In Division 1 or Division 2? I can put them in order or can I just say a bunch of names? Yeah, you, 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 it could be anyone. It could be a Division Two receiver, Division One. Your top three right now, please. Top three? Uh, okay. A.J. Gomez, <laughs> Tris Millard, and Justin McLean. So no, Rory no, Thimergian's not on that list. Not at all. Not even on the radar. Uh, well, look, Rory's a, Rory's a great player. Yeah. And uh, we actually came close to making a team together. We almost collaborated for something last winter. Uh, I think he's very versatile, kind of like me. You know, he can play both sides of the ball, which is always special. Uh, but I'm so I, I want to see him play in Division One and Two, and, and and show us what he's got up there with the best. So you're saying you can shut him down? I don't know about shut him down. We'll see that on February 23rd when we play. But uh, like I said, I think I think he's a very versatile player. I think he brings a lot to his team. He's super competitive. He's always motivating guys, keeping their head up. I think he brings a lot to the table, and I think it's definitely going to be an interesting matchup. All right, AJ. Uh, we see we we kept the cool, professional. Um, always, always, always. I can't wait for your article on Dallas Zara when it comes out in the next few weeks. What article? <laughs> he's not. He's not. He's not playing. No, it's, it's true. He's not playing. We can always speculate why. It's more like a biopic. For for, for those for those who have not yet caught AJ's article, AJ writes a weekend preview article where he previews the games on the weekend as well. He does contribute to my. Uh, it's pretty good. I got credit for everyone's work. I love it. Um, uh, I have a, a weekly article that compiles everyone's picks and everyone's um, power rankings, uh, and AJ does does that for Division One and Two. That um, that reminds me, Pete. I, I completely forgot to tell you. I didn't realize we made the exact same pick last week for uh, Division One. We did. One. I, I I made a comment in the in the article too. I was like, yeah, well, I guess AJ that. and I will stay tied, or whatever. Wherever we're at, the records will stay the same. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, good luck rest of the season, and uh, thanks for coming on, bud. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. See you soon. All right, Jay, take, yeah, take care. Jay Gomes here with us on Calling the Audible. He was so – Did he pronounce his his name as Gomez? Gomez. I, just, I, I never knew. Gomez. I, is, I, is it Gomez I or Gomes? I think it's Gomez. Okay. I think we've been botched it the entire time. But he's time. never corrected us. We speak never. to him all the time. Yeah. But some athletes are like that, though. They never would correct anyone unless they, like, really – I remember one time calling again. I go to this guy, dude, how do you see your last name? He goes, it's this way. All right, cool. I'll say it that way. And then I had the uh, team PR go, dude, you're saying it the wrong way. I go, bro, I asked the guy. He told me how to say it. So at halftime, he corrected the PA announcer to say it the proper way as I said it before. So you have to ask sometimes. And I guess you just reach a certain age. You need to stop caring how people yeah, pronounce you your names. For example, when you're at 35 or older, you may not care. No, exactly. Yeah. And that's what Or you change your name about. to P's so that people can actually pronounce your name. 35 plus, that's what we're talking about now. And uh, we are... 
two games through 35 plus. In fact, there's games tonight. Is there not uh, Eagles? There's always games on Thursday. Yes. Yeah, so we, we recap the preview. <laughs> it's the week. hardest part of uh, what we do yeah. on a weekly basis because things are ha- like everything's a week old and um, all the new. things that aren't a week old are currently happening during our it's show. It's like Tim Hortons coffee, right? They say it's fresh every 20 minutes, but it really isn't fresh. That's what it is right now. Is this a good time to check in with Simo to see if we have any updates for oh, these who, games? Who's who score, keeps, who's score keeps, uh, a beta fan? That's why we keep trying to call Simo to ask him. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's see if he answers there. He will probably not answer. He texted me like 10 minutes ago, so he's on his phone. He's probably watching the NBA game on TNT. So, this is great radio. They can't hear the ringing. I know. No, I know. That's the whole point. But they know we're calling Simo. Yeah, exactly. We're calling up Simo Dajner right now. But he's not picking up his phone. I figure one of these episodes he will answer, but we don't know which one. So we'll <laughs> you know just what we keep do? calling him. You know what? How is it not getting to his voicemail? You know what? Vous avez joint? Oh, there we go. Here we go. Simon Dagenet. He sounds so tired. Veuillez laisser votre message après le signal sonore. Après avoir laissé un message, vous pouvez raccrocher ou appuyer sur le carré pour entendre plus d'options. I don't understand, dude. Like, you're supposed to be my personal assistant. You got promoted to be my personal assistant. You never, you never be able You're useless. I don't understand why we pay you. What is the matter with you? Also, like, why do you sound so sad in your message? Like, you could re-record your own message, your outgoing message. Just re-record it. Just it. Why do you have to sound so terrible? I don't understand. Just, just smile a little bit. Smile one time. Smile one time. Thank All you. right, uh, look, uh, 35 plus, are we starting to see a separation in the KTFL division uh, and how it might be a two-horse race for 35 plus in the KTF- KTFL division? I mean, I guess we'll see once Polavision and FPF play each other. Uh, again, the names, the names, in uh, KTFL step it up, man. Your name's terrible. Uh, they're playing tonight uh, at 930, uh, which isn't, it hasn't happened yet, right? It has not yet started. So, no, it hasn't um, what do you, who do you think has the advantage in, in the game between Polvision and FPFMO? That's a great question. Uh, can you pull up the roster for Polvision and FPF, please? So I'm looking. Eagle, you can bring up. Uh, bring so up. I have Polvision on the screen. Okay. <laughs> like, so this is Ryan Kastner's team with Vince Mancini, Dave Allen, Chris Baer, Chris Rosen, Brad Evans, Ali Dufour, and some other names, which I don't recognize as well, but maybe you guys will. Yeah, no, I recognize a few of the names out here. Such as? Uh, Adam DeFore is a guy I recognize. I just said Christian that. Talbot I recognize. Uh, Chris Baird, I think he Vince Mancini. It. That's yeah. a name I have not Longhorns. heard in a long time. Vince Mancini played for who? Longhorns? Longhorns. Right. Longhorns. Longhorns. Well, so did Chris Rosen. Yeah, no, but these guys. So did Dave Allen. Like, they're all friends. They're all friends. Um, and then for FPF, the greatest name ever. We got Terry. Brian Martin, Dan Dick, uh, you know. Carlos Sylvie, Dan Dick, Joel Watson. Joel Watson, Lonnie Johnson, Rob Robinson, Tim O'Hara. Robbie Robinson. Robbie Robinson. Well, like, on paper, this is a much better team of athletes and FPF experience. Uh, Robbie Robinson, I believe, is the one who's throwing for this team. Am I correct on that, Eagle? I saw he is. Name. Yes. He's throwing 13 touchdowns, no interceptions. Right. This is, this is like child's play for Robbie Robbie over here because he knows – he, these guys he's played with, Dick and all these guys, <laughs> has been something we get to look at and say he, he's enjoyed himself because he's grown up with these guys and has been quite the one-two punch. But the reality is that I don't know if they have enough horsepower with Paul Vich to keep up with FPF in the setting that they'll have in Bay tonight. Yeah. Um, 
I think I, I'm inclined to agree. I think I think they're they're probably a touch better than Paul Vige, but we might be entirely surprised. It's just it's hard when when Robbie Robinson's playing at the level he's playing uh, against this competition. So we'll see we'll see how that uh, plays out. But I, I think to your point, I think they have the advantage now in the lower end bracket mode. We have uh, not low bracket, but lo- sorry, the the lower end of this standing, we have Pizzazz going up after two weeks. Yeah, okay. Sample size is super small, of course, but you know. Uh, also, pl- uh, not playing till January thirtieth. We have JMJ wow. against uh, uh, sorry, no, against Paul Vich, But that's uh, tonight. Well, this is, this tonight, Pizazz. Tonight, Pizazz is playing JMJ. With all due respect, when you have Rich Lachance on your team, you're not going to win. Okay, but you have Luigi McLaren. You have Rob Allen. Yeah, I mean, like this is like ten years ago. I'm like, oof, it's a pretty good team. But uh, yeah, but that's the case for all of thirty-five. I know, plus I know. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying though. It's a pretty good team. What, what can I tell you? JMJ is also looking like a good team. Brian Udoxi, Corey Johnson. Were you being Yasmini. ageist in the thirty-five plus division? I have gone ageism on this right now. Like, I, I, it's it's guys who all were decent ten years ago, but now are just past their prime. But if, they're not. They're still good. They're good for this age. Yes, but look here. Here's the thing that that I have to look at when you look at this team right now that we have up with Doxy Johnson, Corey Johnson, former quarterback in the higher divisions back in the day. They could perhaps make some noise uh, in terms of reversing their start of 0-2 and getting themselves back in the playoff picture here. And look with Pizzazz playing JMJ as we speak. This game should be over now, and if we can find out who the scorekeeper is on the Thursday, we can call them up. We tried. We keep trying to ask him. How about you text Rob and ask him who the scorekeeper is? We can on call Rob and ask him. Well, how about we call Rob right now and ask him <laughs> next week? Um, next week. Fair enough. Yeah, so but like, who, this game's probably concluded. But what do you think happened? Like, who do you think won this game? Well, a team definitely won, and a team lost. Just mm, for or tie. scored, or tie could have happened. Mm. Uh, I'm going to say JMJ won this football game. Because? Because they have the better roster to work with in terms of the experience. And I just think that there's a little bit more stability of, of chemistry with what they have. These guys all play each other, play with each other outside of this wall of FPF, and I think they are going to be the team that comes through as we finish off this hour. We've seen, uh, for JMJ, we've seen Corey Johnson and John Moody both throw for them. Who do you think is best suited to throw for this roster? I think John Moody is. I mean, it wouldn't look that way to start. No, it wouldn't. But I think John Moody's the type of guy. He's a slow starter, and he picks it up halfway through the year, and he blazes this his way forty-two point nine percent completions is is low. Yeah, That's, it is, but it's thirty-five plus. It doesn't mean anything. It does mean something to me. A lot of these guys also play in FPF core divisions. Moody does. Who else? Well, uh, Moody does. Corey Johnson does. Uh, Brian Udoxy does. Kareem Yasmin does. So, I mean, like, you know, about half the roster does. Yeah. I was going to say, can three, uh, sorry, can uh, pacemakers who are facing old age outlaws as we speak, uh, could one of these teams give a good run to the higher division in terms of uh, where they are? Because you look at the old age age outlaws, a team that you enjoy, Mr. Peasy, and Mm -hmm. then you have pacemakers, a good team themselves. Could they give uh, a monster or Montreal Spitfire o- OAS a big run for their money? I like I you know I'm a fan of old age outlaws. I, I like them. Um, they're not as familiar because you know there's a couple of guys who are uh, not as well known in FPF. Um, and I'm a big fan, as you know, of Stephen Harper's side. Uh, there's there's not a better quarterback playing with a lead than Stephen Harper's side. So if he gets up on you, you're gonna have a hard time coming back. Um, and we've seen that throughout his career in FPF. Um, as for pacemakers, uh, 
As the page loads. And I loaded Grumpy Old X-Men for yeah. some reason. It's on the screen. But my God, is it Scott tiny. Bins, Yafar. Yavara Shafri, yeah. Robert Wyden, Nim Jumkowski, Jason Rossi, Chris Brockwell. Rudy yeah. Lajua. Does he? Th- you think yeah. Nim Jumkowski wears his uh, GoPro on his head during uh, 35 plus? I don't think it's permitted. He wears it for co- for his kids' football team. Yeah, but he's coaching. He's not playing. He spends more time in the huddle giving plays than the actual game play. Well, you got to teach. The important thing about FPF Junior is teaching, Mo. There's different plays. He has a whiteboard. He's like cut off of this. Like I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Just call a play. Call. You got to explain the reads to the quarterback, or else they're not learning. It's like it's not his fault. The other the other coaches aren't as talented. Mo, I feel like you needed a coach in your life before you played quarterback. Perhaps I did. Twenty five percent. Perhaps I did. Um, you think Nim could have taught you something? Maybe. <laughs> it's funny because I think he's a big Jacksonville Jaguar fan. I believe he is. But was he a Jaguar fan before they're running in 2017, or was he a Jaguar I no fan? I, uh, you know, I didn't know him before 2017, so I, I don't think, have an answer. I think for he's gonna be on the show like any week now because he always likes to respond to us on uh, Facebook. Hey, Nim, if you wanted to get on the show, let us know, yeah, and I'll force my assistant uh, Simon Dajne to book you. If yeah. he ever answers his goddamn phone. If he ever answers his goddamn phone. Watching that this is us. Uh, next division here, Eagle, is what? Division 4, A and B. 4, A and B. We have uh, about a quarter of an hour to go left in hour number two. So 4, A and B. Uh, looking at what caught our attention for Division 4 this past week and week three of the FPF schedule as we get ready for week four. Uh, week four. What caught your attention, Mo? Three. What caught my attention from week three? Um, I caught. I covered this game. It was infantry against Sphinx. Um, infantry with a solid victory, twenty-six to twelve over Sphinx. Uh, this was a game where the infantry's defense played very well. I mean, it was like it was a one-score game at half, and they gave them a donut in the second half. Sphinx couldn't get going in the second half with their offense. They got stopped multiple times, and they picked off Etienne Cloutier four times. But it was that key moments when he had a couple of those ints in the second half. And I just thought that they put the anaconda squeeze on them and pretty much bore them to death and came away with the victory over Sphinx. Uh, over Sphinx, my big pardon. Sphinx? Yeah, Sphinx. Yeah, the, the, the Sphinx didn't want uh, none in the second half. Uh, but the thing is, when I saw Infantry's roster heading into the season, I was legitimately surprised that this team was still in Division Four to begin with. So I'm not entirely surprised. Uh, interestingly, Mo, I'm sure you remember this. Sphinx were one of those first, you know, Division Five dominant teams back in the day. Yeah, Mr. Fafard and I think Kulche were dominant. Yeah, they were one of the, one of those uh, ten and zero teams to lose in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. The, the Division Five curse, uh, and they've not uh, returned to that level of dominance since. Uh, but they're they're still a competitive team week in week out. They're not a team that gets blown out, and that's a testament to them in in a game where I believe they're completely outgunned by a much more talented infantry roster. Well, yeah, I think a guy to watch out for on this uh, infantry war- roster is um, what's his name? Uh, Jordan Edwards. There you go. Jordan Edwards, number eight. Yeah, Jordan I, Edwards is excellent. No one talks about him, but he's a really he's good, good player on both sides of the football, and I think he can have one of those breakout years coming out of the shadows of uh, Roy Smirgen overall. I think this is a, a really good game for him. He made some clutch catches on third down for Sean Smirgen, and I think now as you move towards the next three games. He might be my guy to watch out for as being like a legitimate threat to, as a supporting cast member for the infantry. Um, you know, you touch there, uh, PZ? The shocker of don't mess with Texas beating Super Saiyans. Super Saiyans reeling so far to start the season. Um, 
again a team i thought would be at the top of the rankings and instead uh really struggling to get things off the ground um you know and, and jordan lard played well um just didn't make converts they even they even got a turnover on fred Millette um on uh, the interception by 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 jordan lard uh but it just seems as though the team is just not sharp and and not converting on converts is one such example um, of of a team that isn't uh, isn't clicking, and um, that's what we've seen so far from Super Saiyans. Um, they've, I, I like, if I would have told you before the season, Mo, that Super Saiyans would be in four A, and they'd go zero and three to start the season, uh, I don't think you would have believed me. No, I, I thought they would have at least one win for now. And the, and, the, and two of their losses uh, are by by you know six points combined in week one and week three. So I, I, they they tend to struggle against outlaws. Fine, that's that's a you know rivalry and, and it's a it's oh, a. Do you want to hear what uh, our boy said about uh, Super Saiyans? Who? Kevin Kusai. <laughs> Absolutely, Nick Dana. Nick Dana said they we have their number. We're living rent free in their heads, and they can't beat us. They can't beat us in any division so far. Yeah, well, it's it's, it's been true. the case. It's, it's been the case. Like a, you know, you gotta you gotta give credit where it's due, and and it, 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 I'm sure. It, it irritates Super Saiyans because Super Saiyans look the part more so than Outlaws, but Outlaws are a good team, man. How much do you think rent costs in the Super Saiyans' head that they're getting for free? Like, how much money are the Outlaws uh, saving? They're from every what? Week? The West Island? So, I how much guess. real estate going on right now in the West Island? I, I feel like rent rent is increased because, like, back in the day, Journal Art would lose his temper very quickly. That's improved over time. So, like, now it's one of those apartments that was like, you know, $500 a month. But like new counters, new new floors, cleaned it up. Airbnb is yeah, coming. Yeah, like it's it's solid. Like if you're gonna rent that, you 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 you're you're saving. Kevin Kasai, you're saving like 800 bucks a month, my friend. You want Airbnb? In his head. That's true. It's not more. It's because head's not very large in general. Like it's smaller than a bachelor pad. So I mean, yeah. like is what it is. I'll uh, quickly here. I, I saw EasyW against Mean Machine. Easy went for EasyW, 32 to 12. No, not even close. Said Dan Golop did not have a good game. Uh, I, re- I didn't realize he had 40 passing attempts in the football game. Half of that compared to Jeremy Weiss, 20, and Jeremy put up 171 yards and four TDs. Did you switch division? Yeah, yeah, four B. We're going four B because we don't have much time left in this hour. Eagle. It's the uh, thing take, that we do. No, no, we, we, we no. You put us on a clock, Ego. We go by the clock. We're done in, in we one do. hour, so that's what we're going to do in one hour. So, clock it, baby. So, look, I, I thought this was a really dominant performance by EZW, a team that's been inconsistent at times, but they played a really good defense. Again, defense being a calling card. And uh, even though there were some calls that Mean Machine thought went against them, they took an OC late in the football game that kind of prolonged the drive for EZW. Uh, th- it was a mismatch of classes and uh, weight classes of where EZW is as a heavyweight compared to me machine. I was disappointed down goal off. I thought he would take that next step as a quarterback, but not with what happened with him on Monday nights. We could talk about this later, but I feel the disparity in division four B is the largest in any division. Like the best teams in four B and the, and the weakest teams, uh, it's it's almost it's as if they're, they're from different, different well, divisions. I'll give you one team to watch out for it. Uh, ZT or ZT. So I was going to talk about this game. Um, yes. So ZT, a lot of football talent. Champlain guy. Uh, they lost to Show Me Your TDs, and it was uh, Mike Adana and FPF Experience beating, uh, beating a more talented yet uh, not as well formed team. And, and I played, so I caught the game was happening during my Division Four B game. So I looked over and watched part of it while I could, and then I spoke to Mike Adana because we played together in Five B immediately after that game, and. 
he's like, yeah, he's like, they're like legit talented, but the difference is they they don't have FPF concepts. They don't know the things that work yet in FPF. They're, they're making their lives harder than it has to be. Uh, but guys like, you know, Philip Savard, Charles Cote, like these guys are, are legit talent, you know? So in, in that case, uh, did they remind you of the game changers when they first came up? Game changers of well, no, game no changers one? they started in Division Five and tore it up right away because they were just better athletes than everyone else. Um, that's and that won't work in this division because of the quarterback play and and because of the the, the talent across the board. They, they remind me of a team like the Crew, come right. in very talented. They're just, they're just not FPF team yet. Uh, well, now they are, but when they when they first got here, they w- they weren't. And and they're a team that's going to improve very quick. Z- ZTs might be a team like by the end of the season, you know, you don't want to face them because th- they've learned what works and what doesn't work in FPF. Like and and this for a, we look at Conference B and Div Four A right now. Uh, it's it's a pretty stacked number of teams doing very well in Four B, uh, in Conference B that is. If you scroll down one more, Eagle, thank you very much. Uh, look, you have a lot of teams at two and one or three and zero, oh, but then you have Matt Bears at zero oh and three. Now, do you think there's a big gap with Don't Mess with Texas with say the Matt Bears um, in terms of? No, where, I think Matt Bears are a better team than Don't Mess with Texas. So you think they can catch yeah. and pass them? I'm 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 legit happy for Don't Mess with Texas and surprised. I thought they were going to struggle and they're two and one to start the season and they got a they got a big win against Super Saints. Like we said, I, I'm I'm surprised. Like when you look at the bottom of this division and you see Mad Bears, Lysantar, and Super Saints at zero and three, I find that shocking. I find it absolutely shocking. So who would you put in those bottom three slots? Because uh, someone has to be there. Yeah, well, so like I'm like Princeton Princeton and Princeton are kind of playing above their heads. Like they they have a, a you know a zero point differential throughout <laughs> the season. Um, and don't mess with Texas are two two of the teams I, I can see dropping down. Man, it's it's tight though across the board. And Ch- Chocolate Thunder are playing a little bit above above their heads a little bit too. But I don't consider them to be one of the bottom teams. I, I see them as like a, a middle tier team as well. I think they'll come down at some point. Chocolate I think so too. They'll be somewhere in the middle of the pack. I think the Tide are better than they are. I think Outlaws are better than they are. Um, Super Saiyans, do they play the Mad Bears? I know not everyone plays each other in the, in the division here, but I believe they might play each other here, Eagle, if you look it up with Super Saiyans against Mad Bears. They play each other in the last week of the season. Right. Week 11. It could come down to that game for whoever gets into the playoffs um, in, in the whole context of it. Uh, but here's the thing about uh, this division, if you go back to the previous page, Eagle, I, I think you're right. There's some teams who are above their, their heads right now and how they're playing. I think Outlaws will move up. Don't mess with Texas. We'll see somewhere between six to eight. And then you look at Dreambreakers, they're somewhere between five to eight. But I think the best teams right now, we talked about last week, right? The Eagle uh, Corporation. See, uh, committed to Excel or is it committed to excellence? What is it again? Committed to Excel. Excel. Because I think he, Mike Roy, to add me on, on IG, I think it was. If, if we got it wrong, Mike Roy, let us know. Please We're sorry. Send us, uh, you send know, us a we'd like to promote your company, so Absolutely. Just check with us if, uh, if we got it wrong. Absolutely. I, I Chickens think to embryos. What? Chickens to embryos. Chicken to embryos. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> chicken to embryos. Reverse evolution. Well, it's not because, <laughs> I mean, sometimes it happens and that's why we have omelets. I think they fall a little bit here. I think uh, the, the best thing to watch out for is the Tide. If they get in, in, in check with what they want to yeah, do, I the agree. Tide thing moves off. The tide, the tide are a very good team. Um, Doug McKernan looks great, by the way. He, he's lost Doug. a bit of weight. He yeah. looks as athletic as ever. People are still biting in that pump fake 12 yards on the field. Whatever. It, it works. It works. Um, it's a good team. It's a good team. But honestly, I like. I really like the group that Mike Royce put together. Andrew Grant uh, 
plays far above his rating. Um, Hinsley Adams, we all know, of course, Marvin Steinberg, we know, uh, Sean Haney. And, and again, a guy like Vadim Cherniak, who's just a valuable contributor for a cap hit that's not not too much to bear no, in this division. No, you can, you can hold on to that cap hit and be okay with it. Yeah. Uh, Eskimo Brothers, before we wrap up hour number two, I, are they a first-class or economy-class type of team here? Because a 2-1... and one, uh, Zach Stokowski, I think, has 10 TDs, 7 INTs so far. Yeah, the turnovers are a problem. And I look at it now, they're in the minus, as we speak, one of two teams in, in the playoff spots right now. So would you put them as a first-class team with Levesfall, uh Bandit Brothers, and Infantry, or do you think they're somewhere in the 4, 5, 6, 7 range? I mean, look, we saw them get smoked by Bandit Brothers, and I, th- I think that's that's an outcome they'll expect if they, if they were to face each other, let's say, in the playoffs. Uh, I think... I think they're a team that's talented, but they're very much uh, matchup dependent down the line. Um, they're they're a solid team, but they're going to be teams, for example, like Touchpoint and Angeli. They're going to be involved in one score games, um, but teams that have like next level talent, like I think they're going to struggle this week against Le Verschfall. Uh I think they're going to struggle against the Infantry in, t- in two weeks' time. You know, they face the Tide as well. Like they they have a tough schedule moving forward. Well, we'll find out if they can move forward on that part. Uh, one last thing to ask you for 4B before we wrap it up here. Class on grass. I'm very impressed by them. Alex Garan has put up some big numbers receiving-wise. So if we get the receiving numbers for Alex Garan, who this year has put up 16 for 257 and 6 TDs. So if you were to project that, he could perhaps hit 20 TDs and maybe – just maybe uh, be an 800 yard receiver and have 50 catches. That would be quite impressive for a man that we are starting to know about this season. Yeah, I uh, I liked him a lot. Um, and when I first was looking through his roster, I thought it was Alex Gertain. That's I'm what like, I thought. I was like, wow, I was like, Gert's having a crazy season, yeah, you know, like, um, and like Gert's, a, you know, a talented receiver in his own right. But Alex Alexandre Guerin is has been absolutely uh, absolutely phenomenal. It's not a team that we knew a ton about heading into the season. Um, not a ton of FAF experience, but uh, they, they've been, I, I, I had a chance to, to see them a little bit. They, they've been very impressive so far. Um, you know, they, they, they had a tough time against B-ballers, but B-ballers are also going to cause a lot of problems for teams that don't just have absolute top-end speed. Um, so they'll have another chance against a similar kind of team when they face right. EZW in a couple of weeks' time. Maybe they've learned how to slow, sort of slow down the pace of the game and manage it a little bit better. Uh, but I'm, I'm impressed with what I've seen so far by Class and Guys. All right, so you want picks for 4A, 4B, Div 1 and Div 2. PZ article comes out on Saturday. Saturday, Saturday. Every Saturday morning. I, I, well, we've, it's been coming out late, but the, the, the contributors are, are sort of adapting to the new schedule. Uh, I'd like to get it out Saturday mornings. Um, so hopefully, hopefully we can get that out. Uh, but it's it, it's out before the games happen on Saturday, anyway. So. All right, hour two wrapped. Hour we, three coming up. We do have a couple things from the Facebook. Let's do it. Oh, here we to go. Wrap the hour. Uh, Let's go. So we got a follow up from uh, Ryan Aridi asking, "Mo, are your arms stronger with all that extra bracelet weight?" I'll find out tomorrow when I do chest. I thought I thought the solo exercise might make his arms stronger. Uh, Dave Delaraca said it's looking sharp. Oh, I sure fucking hope so. You designed this, so thanks. <laughs> yeah, but also it's, it's, a, it's a back-end compliment to himself. <laughs> and in the most confusing sentence I'm gonna say tonight, Alex Stackwillis says, "Where's Rafael Morelli?" Not me, Very my confused. doppelganger. 
uh, much better. He's not yeah, a doppelganger of you. He just uh, he shares a namesake. All right, crazy that there's two Dal- Alex Dakles in the same radius of Burroughs. Yeah, we don't know each other and we're not related. It's the best. That's know wild, man. That's absolutely wild. So our number three come up. Uh, we have what lined up for Eagle for our powerful number three? seed. Division five A, five B. We got coed one and two, and we got the first week of the women's division, which actually had some crazy results and some great plays. So looking forward and to talking about that. My team is off and running. Someone's paying for duns. Hooray! And Rafa Morelli coming up around 10.05, let's say. Great. So Rafa Morelli in about 25 minutes from now. And stay tuned for hour number three. And as we wrap it up here for week three to week four of Call Me Audible. Hour number three. Here we are calling the audible. PZ, Eagle, and I as we are in the final turn or the final hour of this three-hour sexathon that we have called calling the audible. How do you manage to be with me three hours a week? It he must be terrible for you. It is the wild, man. It's, it, the sex is great, and that's how we roll out here. I'm really good. liking your blue lingerie today. Thank you. And PZ, your role-playing a banker is excellent. Or Thank Sherlock Holmes. Appreciate it. Or he looks like uh, someone that would work uh, as a flight attendant on Air Qatar. Mile High Club, baby. Mile High Club. Qatar Airways, yeah. I haven't flown Air Qatar yet. I heard it's not bad. I heard it's better. Emirates is better, though. Emirates is Yeah, obviously. The food is... I hear Air Estonia is pretty good. Which one? Except for the crashing Air Estonia. I'm about to experience an Air China flight in four weeks' time. That's probably good, though. By the way, we're hearing all the bougies. So the food leaving... Uh, here apparently is good. The food heading I mean, back to Montreal is not, is good. not as good. <laughs> so, so I'm going to stack up on sandwiches in Australia. So the question is, you're leaving when again? You're, you're gone February 22nd. Oh boy, March we're gonna, 7th. We're going to have a problem, my right, boys? Terry Tam. Lisa, Lisa. Yeah, we're gonna have a big problem here, boys. It looks like uh, I'll be. Uh, actually, no, no, no. We should be good. We should be good. Uh, so you're not leaving the 20th, right? No, 22nd. Okay, perfect. I'll be at the show on the 20th. Right, because I'm not here the 6th or the 20th. Okay. Terry Time, we're going to have a lot of work to do in Terry the month of February. A lot of work to do. All right, so let's dive into 5A and 5B. Uh, let's dive into 5A. What I saw, and it was a pretty good game, was Unknown Talent, and we're going to have on our boy Raph Morelli on me. Bro, you serious? Against well, the they're no longer Unknown Talent. They're uh, backyard boys who uh, we face off against this week. 
Oh, after our screen, our screen went frozen right there. Was talking, I was talking to uh, Alessandro, uh, Alessandro uh, Barazzoni today. Uh, we have a bit of a rivalry going. We're one and one facing each other, so it's uh, it's gonna be pretty exciting. He beat Dan Lazar in basketball many years ago. He was telling me. All right, so here we go. He's a good athlete. He is. So in five eight, unknown talent. Oh, they are unknown talent. I'm very confused. Yeah, 32, 24 victory. Oh, because this is five eight. I'm very confused. Yeah, we're doing five eight and five B now. Oh, where have you been? All right, uh, oh no, because I'm playing him four B. My mistake. Fair enough. Then. So very confusing. Thirty-two, twenty-four victory over Fighting Tigers without uh, Seth Galina, who I think is down at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. If you can get that confirmed, Eagle, please. Thank you. Uh, r- here's a kid that I'm really excited about. Uh, I saw him play for the first time yesterday, and we'll get more from Raph Morelli about this kid, Raheem Charles. You know, we talk about how we get uh, turned on by quarterbacks who are young and and are outstanding athletes. Arnold Desjardins being one of them. Rakeem Charles could be the next great quarterback at Vieux Montréal following Arnaud Desjardins. This kid was 17 of 18, did not miss inside the red zone, 215 yards, throws a gorgeous deep ball, great accuracy, and for him to buy time in the pocket, like, I don't know how long he's going to play FPF. I don't know. But if he were to be a long-term quarterback, he would be one of the most exciting guys to watch in FPF. Impressively, all of his passes were caught because his only incompletion was an interception. So yeah. what you're saying is you need to play FPF to be a dominant college level quarterback. Well, no, it's it's that he's following Arnold Desjardins, right? But he 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 was for that game yesterday. He was fun to watch. It was like watching Pat Mahomes out there, and I'm not saying he's Pat Mahomes, but he just had those type of throws where I was like, "Oof, that was a really good throw for a kid who's only 17 years old, learning how to read defenses, whether it's here or on on the outdoor tackle services." Yeah, and, and he's going up against well, like so the Fine Tigers defense, um, I know they have Jamie O'J, it was just phenomenal, but the rest of that defense is not particularly strong. It's not no. they're, they're good they're a good offensive team. They're gonna move the ball whether Emilio Pampena's quarterback or um or uh, Seth Galina. Missing Dylan Taylor yesterday as well. And missing Dylan Taylor, yeah. So definitely like missing uh, that piece and also given that defense is not really the, their strength in my opinion, given what I've seen. Um this is the kind of game where someone like Rakeem Charles can come in and dominate, and he did. And uh, you know, you can only play the teams that are put in front of you. They did. They, they they were the stronger team heading in. We all knew that, and it looked it looked exactly like that. Eagle with one PD in the game, by the way. Yeah, good job, Eagle. Thanks, man. Should we call him the re- real Eagle, Alex Stackler? He might be the real Eagle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he's so pissed. Look at his face. <laughs> like, yeah, you pieces are trash too. Listen, someone's got to be a piece of trash. It might as well be us. Other games that caught your attention from Might as well be Alex Dackle. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be Alex Dackle, absolutely. Um, Spartans beat... So Spartans lost to the U, sorry. Um, after impressive start to the season, uh, losing by a point. And that's the thing the U does. They they make things difficult for you. They, they make things slightly uncomfortable. Um, it's not necessarily flashy, uh, but it worked. And James Dandria had an impressive outing. Uh, did everything right except didn't didn't uh, handle the, con- the converts particularly wa- particularly well. Um, on top of that, the U uh, the U just you know showcased Dustin White once again, and, and there's no answer for him on the Spartan side. Um, when you say he didn't handle the converts well, he went three for three, and uh, Hernandez actually caught all of them. It's just yeah, the I know U that went four for four. Uh, Sheeny got three and Dustin White got one. I'm realizing that now because uh, what happened was the stats page wasn't loading, mm. and and uh, <laughs> there we go. My mistake. Yeah, actually, so so that's a frustrating game for a quarterback where you literally you've done everything well, 
right? Like, um, you didn't have to punt the ball away. Um, four plays per touchdown is what you want in an offense. You're, you're constantly moving the ball. You're constantly scoring. You're constantly applying pressure, and it's not enough. Um, and I think it just comes down to uh, you get that possession to start the second half, and that's the difference in the game. And that's that's the most frustrating feeling for a quarterback. All right, it's now time to play real or fake player for 5A. Are you guys ready? Always. Yes. All right, Eagle, you're Who so far. Play? You're 5 for 5. I'm perfect at this. And Peasy, you're 3 I, for 5. I think I do have the advantage, though, because I review all the rosters every single game. So there's, like, photographic memory for a lot of these names. Or Also, you're, you're younger than me, and you haven't had as many concussions. Also, I can read. That's true. I can't yes, read. All right. So this Waste player. That's why, that's why there's Netflix. His name is. That's why there's an audio podcast <laughs> and not a written one. Of course. So this player, his name is Xavier Tremblay. 14 TDs. Zero INTs. 500 yards passing. And he plays. You want the team name as well? Give me. Empty mm-hmm. uh, Loud. Empty Loud. Xavier Tremblay. 14 TDs. No INTs. Empty loud. I want to say real because it seems... I feel like I've seen the name before. I also want to say real. But I'm I'm also like, how did we? How did this go under the radar is the other question, right? Because mm. there's a lot of teams. I'm going to go real. I'm going to back that up, Eagle. I'm going to say real as well. Ah, oh, you guys both got it right. I was yeah. hoping you'd go fake. Seen, the thing is, I've seen the name. Like, I, I, I've seen the name on a roster... Uh, but we need to start paying attention to ML ML Loud, whatever they're That's called. MT Loud now. The MT reason loud. why I bring them up. Uh, they or is it MTL Oud? It could be MTL Oud. We can ask them. Nope. Uh, I'm just going to go with MTL Oud. I, right, they, I work out this game, and this was a relatively easy game. <laughs> like David DeAndre, I, I don't know what's wrong with this guy, man, but he just can't throw football anymore. Like It was pathetic watching him play out there. And I'm sorry, man, but this was not a good football game for him or for his entire team. But the reality is you were playing against a lot of athletes, and these athletes were destroying circles on them. They could tell them their play EPs, and they still beat them to the point to get that football. This was nowhere near close at all. But so you need to manage that when you're quarterback. You need to know when you're outmanned, and, and you need to call plays that will benefit that. You need to slow down the game. Um, you can't let them put 47 points on you. You need to You need to just... Avoid turnovers and take a lot of time. And defensively, you need to take away the deep, the, the long strikes, which they really couldn't do. Uh, Xavier Tremblay, incredible game. Incredible start to the season, by the way. A guy we're going to definitely pay attention to as the season goes on. All right, uh, 5B. Anything that caught your attention in 5B, Mr. Pease? Uh, let you start, Mo, as I am loading the page. Well, thank you very much, Peasy, for that. No problem. Uh, nice introduction over there. Um so much buying time. I know we buy a lot of time this uh, segment here. How much is time actually worth on a podcast? Priceless. Because like, if you have to like buy like a 30-second ad, it would be a price, right? So yeah. every time you stall, you're effectively costing us money. Well, only if we had ads that we would play. So what you need to do is get us ads we can play while we're buying time. Uh, there's one game that really caught my attention. Which there one? There we go. <laughs> Eagle, let's, why don't you recap what happened in that game? <laughs> Uh, the Battle of the Cannolis, Volume for Nine. The cannolis. So, are these cannolis being uh, dished out? Are we talking uh, next the, week? Or I'm, I was going to get them this week, but Aladi closes at six. So, okay. the background for people who don't know: Eagle and I have an extensive history of playing against each other. Uh, our graphicist, uh, my brother Duke, he uh, he dubbed it the Battle for the Cannolis years ago. Came out with a graphic that got him employed and got him to do our backgrounds and all the graphics that you see for FPF. Um, and 
uh, Eagle, this this battle of the cannolis uh, went to Hot Sauce Sports. Yep, and normally there's a lot of trash talk before the game where the day of Pease is basically telling me that I'm shit and that he banged my mom and all the other stuff. Oh, truth, and I'm yeah. usually just super polite about it. And we get to the field, he doesn't shake my hand, he doesn't talk to me. This time was not that. He was actually really nice. And apparently that's a difference He's maker. sympathetic, actually. Well, you know what the difference is? I knew that our team was much stronger than your team. And no matter how much I explain things in terms of the system that you run, my defense doesn't get it there was one uh on the first touchdown mo the third offensive play for hot Sports. sports uh we're in the red zone mm-hmm. um eagle calls man mm-hmm. and lined up across from eagle is will power mm-hmm. <laughs> how do you think that went oh, man. <laughs> man, i hope you had a deep in back of the end zone touchdown i, I could have thrown over my eyes man coverage or you just knew you back of the end zone that was the play for you it was back of the end zone yeah. well it was a concept where back of the end zone or front of the end zone so if it's if it's lanes, it's open. If it's men, it's open because yeah, exactly. you're not covering them. All right, so. I have uh, another uh, real or fake player segment coming up here for five. All right, five B. Okay, it'd so be funny if it's one of my players and I don't know them. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. Um, All right, you ready for this one? I want to drop this in quickly here before you go okay, on go to ahead. the next game. All right, so here's a player, Vladimir Thomas. Vlad Thomas, they go by fake. Hold on, let me Continue. finish off. Six catches, seventy yards, one touchdown. Six tackles, one INT, and he plays for A-Town. Vlad Thomas. Fake. I don't think that's real either. Fake. All right. Pretty good, guys. Pretty good. <laughs> On fire. <laughs> On fire. Air five. Hey. Four for seven. You are now four for six, and you are now six for six. We're going to beat you one of these weeks. All right. Uh, back to the recaps of the games. Uh, New Wave beat YSL. Uh, these are two of the best teams in 5B, and it was a remarkably low-scoring game. Uh, Jared Gallant uh, talked to me after the game. He told me he he, uh, he actually struggled to to read the defense to start, but then he found a few things that worked out well. Uh, he was amazed by rusher Justin Frank Hill, which we know is a stud rusher. Um, Noah Groper being the main man for this team, as we see on the stat sheet. But like the team is stacked with talent. The Jared Rockman, Ariel Liberati, uh, not there for this game is Dondre Borden. That's an immense amount of talent for this division. It's depth on yeah. that team. They, they and just that amount, of, and then you know, Ari Bar, uh, Bazov as well. Like every, on defense, there's just not a lot you can do. Yeah, right? there's not a lot. Sorry, on, on offense, there's not a lot you can do because their defense is absolutely stifling. They have better athletes than anyone in the division. Um, they're they're a good team. Um, but the the difference was uh, Jonathan Perez still developing as a passer. Jared Gallant. Just has a bit more poise, a bit more experience, and uh, they pull out the victory, scoring all of their 19 points in the second half. Uh, before we get to topics here, are you surprised by, by the Thundercast getting steamrolled by Los Bandidos 40 to nothing? Los Bandidos are good. Um, like What's happened to Thundercast? Analysis right there, by the way, Mo. Yeah. Uh, I'm not surprised by this because I saw Lo- uh, Los Bandidos play the first week of the season, um, and the the trio of Louis Avois, the game, Vincent Benjamin, and Jeremy Gauthier is just everything. It's it's speed, it's height, it's uh, it's ability. Uh, on on defense, their height causes all sorts of problems as well. Um, and then you have guys like Carl Janel and, and Felix Pou, who who just, especially on the defensive side of the ball, make it so that um, none of your concepts are, are are open when you want them to be. And they just they just make it a really tough time. Uh, Xavier Tardif had only four completions in this game. He threw. He had more completions to the other team uh, as he threw five interceptions uh, to his four completions. That's 
that's just it's a you don't you don't have the horses to compete in this game. I think think this is a perfect example of what a single player can do to a roster because Los Bandidos were also playing in our fall season, sans Vincent Benjamin, mm-hmm. and the team it just it didn't look the same at all. But they all. also didn't have Jeremy Gauthier. Agreed, but like that's what I like. Okay, two players then, but you know what I mean. Like it makes such a huge difference in terms of what you can do as a roster, either in terms of just yes, pure like a skill on the field, but also in terms of what it means for the rest of the team to build around that to be able to gain from that experience and learn from the technique and everything. I, I saw a play in the first week where uh, François Desrochers was in, is improving every single week in FPF. Um, he throws a, a ball on the sideline to Vincent Benjamin. Vincent Benjamin ran into the back of the end zone. The ball was thrown short. It was about you know, closer to the front of the end zone. The D- the DB who got completely burned is standing there waiting for the interception and uh, Vincent Benjamin closes the gap, jumps up, catches it in his face. It, it, there's just nothing you can do. The guy's, the guy's ridiculous. The All guy's right, absolutely so, ridiculous. So that we'll recap this game, but like, we'll talk about the topic of the game. So GLC played Brotherhood Light. Mm-hmm. They tied 26 apiece. So good game. Good game between the two teams here. Who was the better team, GLC or Brotherhood Light? Um, I like Brotherhood Light. Um, when I look at GLC, they're solid. It just, it always, now for the past couple seasons, it's, it, it's always seemed to be like a, a kind of a different nucleus and it, it takes them a second to get um, back into, um, back up to speed kind of thing. Um, not surprised this game ended in a tie though because of the way both of these teams approach the game. Brotherhood Light really, really runs um kind of a slow slow well paced system where they don't want to have more than five possessions and they're gonna score four to five possessions. And we've seen that basically in every game they've played so far. Um GLC was able to keep up because they play kind of the same way. Um and I think if they were to face each other in the playoffs, it'd be interesting because I, I can't imagine Brotherhood Light would come in with the same uh kind of game plan. But yeah, like Crazy Gordon Mall, thirteen and nineteen. How many yards rush did he have, Eagle? You scroll down a little bit. There. Thirty-four. So he doesn't run as much as he used to. No, but when he does run, he yeah. leaves a, it's a first trail down. of uh, tire pellets in someone's mouth, trying to deflag him down the field here. Uh, I think, I think athletically, uh, Brotherhood Light's better, but I would take GLC because their chemistry is a little bit more on point. Now, given how many years they played together, whereas I think Quasi. But that's the thing is, I I agree with you to de- to a degree. You know, like we know the the, the familiarity between Hyman Long, Kevin Lupin, Mandy Kardashian, Max Kevin uh, Jocelyn, but there always seems to be the rest of the roster that's different every season. It is, but but here's the thing about Brotherhood Light, though, right? They're, they're sort of incorporating different guys into this roster. Like Quasi Gordon is starting to become more of a quarterback now than before. Uh, Nick Senecal is a beast of a player. You bring Jean-Guy Rappel, former Concordia running back, who, you know, once he gets the idea of how to play this league, could be better. There's also a Khan on this team. You see, you see that right there? Rah- Rahman Khan? Well, what is this? I, there can't be any other cons about me. Anyway. I, I feel like you don't realize how popular your name is, Mo. It is a very popular name, actually. <laughs> it is very popular. I just didn't think. I, was the, I believe I was the only Khan up until this guy came into the league. Can you look that up here, Eagle, please, on the uh, no. database, please? Thank you. Um, but right now, I just think that GLC is probably the more well-versed team. But that could change, though. I think if you go crazy... There's two. There's Mo Khan and R- Ramon Khan. Yeah, that's the guy right there. I was the only Khan up until that the point. the only two. Can we change that name to Khan to like something else? Fun fact, there are 13,056 people between when you were created in the database and Ramon. 
Oh, really? You are number 349. He is number 13,393. Really, yeah? That's a pretty impressive like uh, gap of cons, even though we have a lot of cons in the world. Literally and figuratively. But uh, look, I just think right now they are probably the more well, well-versed team. I think if you give Quasi these next seven, six to seven weeks, he could probably ch- improve his, his ability to read a football field. But I just think that there's still a, a work in progress for uh, Brotherhood Light for now. And just by going up against that defense is just hell. It's a great defense. Because Nick Senecal, Joshua Malik Senecal, studs. Jean-Guy Rimpel, stud. Crazy Gordon Mall, stud. You know, Ramon Khan, we don't know, but I'm going to assume based on everyone else on this team. So what we're really saying is Hyman Long is back to his old self. Because he went 19 for 28, no interceptions. Boring (laughs) football at his finest. Hey, it works. It works. Okay, uh, Ducks and cover. Uh, They have two ties. They're 1-0 and 2. Long term, will those two ties hurt the Peas and Eagle? Something's missing for Ducks and cover. Um, I I saw them a little bit this like week. Eighteen, eighteen, back to back games. How, what's the odds that happened? Eagle, eight. I mean, eighteen, pretty, eighteen. Well, there's it, back to back. Actually, games. pretty common to tie back to back. Back to back with the exact same score. If line. if all outcomes are equal, then so one and three and one and three. So here, Mo, here's here's an option for you. I flip a coin. It's heads or tails. I flip another coin. Does the result of coin flip number two depend on the result of coin flip number one? Hold on, eagle. Not in t- eagle. There, it's there, a one. It's a one flip thing. This, it, you're talking about many it's, plays it's in the things. football game. It's two things. So game one needs to tie. Game two needs to tie. Game yeah, yeah, two wait, doesn't wait, tie. Wait, dependent wait, wait. on game while, one. While each game is an independent result, correct. We're saying what are the chances that that the same team where there's three possible outcomes, correct? It's the probability of a tie. To it's give about eighteen percent. Eighteen percent. Yeah. Because uh, there's three possible outcomes. Yeah. If all if all outcomes are identical, Correct. which they're not, but let's say they are, yeah, then so it's a one in nine, yeah, which is less eleven percent. Eleven percent. My mistake. Sorry. Yeah. It's a three-hour show, man. I'm tired. Yeah, it's yeah. a long show. Anyway, ducks and cover, two ties. Will this hurt them in the grander scheme of things uh, of their playoff spot? Because we talk about the tiebreaker for playoff spots. It's the number of wins. And ties have hurt teams, but to have multiple ties can really stunt your uh, playoff hopes at times. Well, on the bright side, two ties is better than two losses, right? Because you got points out of it. That being said, to your point, Mo, if they end up in a tie break fighting for a spot, they would potentially slip Well, but, out. Two, ties, but two ties isn't bad because it's essentially you won a game and you lost the game. Right, but no, because not really, because it actually does. Because wins is a tiebreaker. Yes, but for points, for points for accumulated. Points yeah. Um, yeah, th- there's something off. There's something off about ducks and cover. To be honest, uh, they seem to just be missing um, one piece to really make them a truly competitive team. Raph Morello will be joining us very soon, I believe, in the next yeah. couple minutes. Uh, I realize we have him coming up here. I haven't given you the no to tell you that. I know, but so I'm, thank I'm you for it. preluding I'm teasing it. it, my friends. Call yeah, it tease. You, you, we'll tease it once again once Eagle passes yeah, the note. Exactly. <laughs> Eagle, pass it over us, please, so I can read it on air. Um, only two notes today, Eagle. Very impressive. It's not uh, bad. No. As you are saying before, Peasy, about the lack of talent on Ducks and talent. Well, no, it's, it's not like a talent. Like, the team is good. Uh, they're big. They're physical. Matt Damon is, is uh, you know, very capable. Um you know, we, we, we know we know that just the, 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 the problem that's caused by the size of Renault Saint Laurent, Tabari Yearwood, um Anthony Pelzi, but like there's not really anyone who takes the top off a of defense. Um I was watching a little bit of the Glow Gang uh and Ducks and Cover game after ours. 
Maxim Cote doesn't look as fast as he used to be. And I don't know if it's just injuries, it's AIDS, it's whatnot. But I remember him as his dominant threat on the field. And now I just see him as another receiver, basically. What's his stats this year, please? uh, He has... 11-87-2. Can we go to his career numbers, please? Yes. He's had a couple seasons with Simo. I remember I played on on a team with him where he was... I got uh, mismatched stud. against him multiple times, and that was a terrible thing. Okay, so looking at his numbers. I was like, oh, knee brace guy. I got this. Okay, so no. two year, uh, three years ago, winter 2017, he, has, he didn't play in 2018. He had 28 for 449 and 20 which is remarkable numbers. Correct. Uh, if you go back even further than that, 2016, 30 for 442, 16 TDs. I mean, he's been consistent, but he has not been in the league. Like He's had his uh, vacation years as well. Well, he had, he had a child. And he had a child, or his wife had a child, a girlfriend. They partner. together had a child. Well, it's a collaborative effort. Um, and then, uh, you know, age, bro, it happens. <laughs> it happens to all of us. You know, we're That's like a precipitous fall, though, because if you look at his current stats now, he's going to be nowhere near what he had last No, because, but ago. to the Eagles' point, he was at one point um, a legitimately dominant receiver. And so if you're if you're Matt Domo, maybe he was the guy you were thinking like, okay, yeah, I'll put him on the deep, and it just it, he can't. I don't know. Matt, like Matt knows him. He knows you know that, what what level he's at now. Which by the way is still good. Like he's still a contributing player. Uh, but again, I, I I just think they have a lot of the same kind of receiver. Max Cote is a possession receiver now. So is Reno Sanera. So is Tabari Yearwood. So is pretty much everyone they have. Anthony but that, I think that's well. what it comes down to in a matchup like like last week, for example, with Glogang, who are very aggressive and play a lot of man. If you're not winning those one on ones and you're not going to be able to play that possession game, uh, Matt's going to struggle putting the ball in people's hands, right? And that's yeah. basically what happened in this game. And their defense kept them in it. Absolutely. All right, uh, we'll have Raf Morelli on in a few moments from now. Uh, looking at five B uh, because I'm sure we're going to have no time to cover five B as, as we desire to be. Um, look, look at five B right now. Uh, in Commerce B West, you have four teams of two one: Air Force One, Johnny Farbaugh, Los Bandidos, and GM Two Could they be the four best teams in Commerce B of that side of the division? Sorry, which which teams? Uh, you have Johnny Fireball, Air Force One. Air Force One's really good, man. It was already a good team, and they added Alex David and Philanger. That makes them like amongst the top, uh, amongst the best teams in the division. Uh, Johnny Fireball has been impressive. I I'm, uh, wasn't buying in on them early, but they've, they've attracted my attention at this point. Right. I, I, look, I look at Air Force One. They've definitely grown on me a little bit. Uh, I know Honey Martin. We've, I, know, I didn't mention him in the, in the list here, but Honey Martin uh, could very well be... Oh, here comes the... Uh, <coughs> How much time? Three minutes. Okay. <laughs> Raph Melly, three minutes, guys. Officially confirmed. What's happening to you? Are you dying? <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. All right. Uh, I'll be live for Raph Malley, though. Um, Honey Martin, definitely the best team, but I think Air Force One, they f- I think they finally figured it out now how to play FPF. It, it took them a couple of years, but they, they were always chucking and throwing deep balls, and now they figured out how to be much more relaxed in throwing a normal out route than trying to go for the juggler every single play that they did in their early inception of their seasons beforehand. Yeah, I, that's the you know a testament to the growth of Simon Blay. But again, like a team that already had like Ed Arsenal and Chris and David Van Oort, add Alex David Philanger, like that that's going to improve your team immediately, right? So uh, good additions and 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 Simon Blay's improved as as a passer. So I expect him to do well. All right, uh, Raf Morelli will be coming up in mere moments <laughs> here on uh, Colin the Oddball. 
Do you not have any perception of time? <laughs> I do, but I've seen it in a few minutes. A few minutes. Yes, you've. <laughs> it's it's called selling. It's called selling the segment here. Sell the segment, bro. You beat this horse to death. I do, because and then you just, keep beating it. Because you know why? You beat the sales horse to death. Because we're because that's tired. how the sales horse lives. Because we're both in tired death. here. What? We're both tired. That's why. Yeah, that's why <laughs> we're exhausted. And we're alive too, also. <laughs> yeah, like this has been a long escapades of uh, of sex for the last three hours of talking about this. What did I say in the pre- uh, promo preview, Eagle? Hot sex. You said that this would be equivalent to great sex, and exactly. that you would go on for three hours. Exactly, and it's been three hours. We're going strong. Yeah, you know. So you can say hi now. After all that, I'm like, waiting for him to say hello. <laughs> Me, Hello, bro, Raph Morelli's <laughs> on with us, bro. Hey, Mo, what's up, Pete? What's going on? How's it going, buddy? All the Mo, I, I'm doing very well. Thank you for being so excited to talk to talk to, talk to me. You know what? <laughs> you know what? It's all literally of, all he said for the last hour. All of, <laughs> all of St. Leonard's tuning into this segment right now, unless RDP is involved. <laughs> uh, the greatest Italian NFL players who in your mind? The greatest Italian NFL players? Yeah, is, 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 is that Marino? probably the only one, eh? <laughs> the only one that comes to mind, anyway. Well, yeah. would you would you would you rock a Dan Marino jersey down Langele Boulevard or Vio Boulevard? Absolutely not. I hate the Dolphins. I love the Dolphins, but I don't wear jerseys in public. What if you're just born in like Jersey or something? Do you just count as a, an Italian NFL player? He's from Pittsburgh. Nah, not I would about Marino. disagree. Just random people. Yeah, I mean, I guess Jersey or Laval, they're about to be Italian. Exactly. Uh, all right. Uh, Raph, uh, we look at your roster. I know in talent, uh, you had a strong game yesterday. Uh, one for 36 and one touchdown grab. Uh, describe to us your quarterback, Rakeem Charles. I, I call him like a Pat Mahomes type of player with the excitement he brings with his throws and this his ability at a young age to read a football field so well that he really controlled the narrative in your win on a Wednesday night. Yeah, you're right. Honestly, you had a couple of plays that he really did look like Pat Mahomes. Uh, that one sidearm, almost no look throw to Arminio for a touchdown was was unbelievable. I didn't. I thought he was going to throw it to me in the back of the end zone. I was wide open, but he decided to go for flashy, and which is fine by me, man. You know, he put on a show. Let me tell you, I'm I'm lucky enough to have Rakeem throw for me. I, he played back at uh, St. Leo with me uh, for many years, so I was very lucky to to grab him on the grab him on the squad for this year. Raf, uh, I know this is. Division five, but uh, I gotta ask: uh, On Sunday, are you rushing me into four B? Uh, it'll be a mix of uh, me and Gropini, just to give you okay. a little heads up. Gropini, gotta, that's good. Bro, no, that's good. We, we've had we've had a little bit of a rivalry between us, so it's cool. It's cool to that's see. That's correct. Uh, that's true. But you don't move enough, so I, I don't I move don't, at all. <laughs> uh, I, I don't rush well, guys. We just stand. Yeah, well, you look at me. I'm not moving, man. I'm old. I'm not <laughs> in shape. I have I have no ankles left. You know. <laughs> Do you happen to no, have I'm any tips? Definitely for, looking forward to our matchup. Do you have any tips for rushers, actually, just in general, in terms of how to pursue quarterbacks, whether if they're more stationary or more mobile? Like, what are you looking for in terms of like their footwork, or what type of angles do you take to you like to take? Uh, well, honestly, I like to always to begin before even um, rushing. I like to see which, obviously, which handedness the quarterback is. So I always want him to roll to the opposite side. So if he's moving to his strong side, if he's right-handed quarterback. It's difficult because he's running right at the rusher. So obviously you want to be on the opposite side of his his, his strength. Um, And basically eyes on the ball and then eyes on the hips, especially if he's a mobile quarterback. There's no real necessity to put your hands up because that's how how you miss flags and how quarterbacks get around you because 
it's really hard to tip passes and, and it's very easy to, to hit the quarterback at the same time and, and flags come out very often as we protect the quarterback in our league and that's fine by me. So uh, basically just a good strong breakdown with uh, acceleration and that's all, handle the hips. Speaking of uh, breakdown acceleration, you know who's Italian that I think is probably the best Italian NFL player right now? Nick Bosa. Nick, Nick Bosa, yeah. Me, 100%. bro. Nick Bosa, bro. You know? <laughs> and speaking I'm of New excited, Jersey, the, the, fa- <laughs> the family owned strip clubs. Yeah, they did. John, and they're going with Miami, right? Where John yeah. Bosa owned the strip club. We had a shooting not too long ago. Uh, I just want to point out this entire time that uh, Rafif explained how to be a great rusher and Mo completely tuned out, either because <laughs> he doesn't want to know it or he thinks he already does this. No, no, because I wanted to find out if Nick Bosa was Italian and I had to look it up. And in fact, they had a lobster uncle back in the day. All right, listen. Um, yeah, they're, they're definitely. Definitely Wops. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Uh, unknown talent, fifth place. You guys are just behind GLC, Brotherhood Light, and Glow Gang for number two, and then Bruins number one. Um, is there a team that you circle on the calendar and say, we want to face this, face this team, whether it's now in the playoffs, to prove that we are the best team? Because it feels like this unknown talent roster is probably one of the more stable teams out there in this division. Well, we're definitely looking forward to our matchup against uh, Brotherhood Light. Uh, when Kwesi was the quarterback last spring against Hurricane season, uh, they beat us not only once, but twice. Once in the playoffs, I wasn't present for that game. But uh, that's definitely a matchup that I can't wait for. Uh, also, hopefully in the playoffs, we play empty loud because we, I, I know a lot of guys on that team, especially receiver uh, Wedded. He's having a phenomenal season. I love playing against him. I love playing with him. Uh, I definitely definitely wish we could play them uh, this, this season in the playoffs. Uh, by the way, you guys played them uh, February 19th at 11 p.m. Wednesday at Hebert Brotherhood Light against Unknown Talent. Right. So besides playing on Unknown Talent in 5A, you're also on uh, Backwood Boys in 4B, and it looks like you've also played a game with Pineapple Express in Div 3. I don't know if that's a permanent roster spot or just a sub-position, but regardless, do you see like a big difference in, I guess, talent or speed of the game across the division since you're doing 3, 4, and 5 in the same time? Or uh, if there's other players that are potentially looking to play in higher divisions, what's your advice to them? Well, I would have to say definitely like um, one, two, and three would be definitely definitely more fast paced. Uh, guys who have been around the league uh, more often. I started in Div three back with uh, uh, I think it was hometown heroes with Arminio and, uh, and AJ. And uh, I guess I, I started in Div three, so I guess the game as I started playing lower divisions, it was a little bit easier for me. So definitely, I guess the most important thing in the higher divisions is experience and just knowing all the rules and how the game is really played and how, how the field is condensed. Because a lot of tackle players come in the league and think that it's going to be just like football because they're great football players, which is completely wrong and a bad way to view FCS because it's very different. Mm-hmm. Smaller field, less less players. It's, uh, it's definitely uh, a, a tighter field and definitely harder to play, in, in my opinion, especially... With the less contact, it's a lot easier to play defense when you're able to destroy somebody when when he's going up for the ball. Instead, it's all it's all uh, it's more technical. I have to say, so definitely Div One. You just know the athletes are are phenomenal, and the experience is definitely something that that matters in FPS. Um. So, of the teams you've seen so far, either that you've played against or teams you've seen around the fields in Division Five. Uh, are there any that caught your attention that you're like, whoa, you know what? If we play these guys, it'll be a tough, tough night out. Um, with unknown talent, I honestly feel like if we show up early, get ready, and and warmed up for the game, I think we can beat 
any team. I definitely think that Brotherhood Light will give us uh, the the most difficult matchup. I know they've got a lot of talented receivers who have played the one football, like Nick Senecal. I played with against him many times. He's definitely a talent somebody to watch uh, throughout this league. Um, I think that's that's about it. Everybody else in the schedule, everybody everybody is still capable in Div Five to give us to give us a good run. But honestly, I think that we're we're a very well structured team. We have uh, Arminio Yadaluka, who's a longtime coach of mine, who really helps us add maturity and, and experience to our team. So I think uh, having having Arminio really helps us a lot. He, he snaps for us, so which really eliminates the whole aspect of the game that that can cause errors on offense before the play even happens. The, uh, I don't know if you know this, Raf, but uh, in the uh, black and white era of FPF, Arminio Yadaluka was actually the, f- the first FPF superstar. <laughs> like wow, a, I believe it. Yeah, like when, when the league was first starting out, you, uh, I wasn't even part of the league. Uh, Rob Campana told me, that, I saw him play a game, and I said, yeah, you know what, Arminio's pretty good. And he says, yeah, no, he's, he, he was actually like legit one of our stars when we first, first started the league. He's also one of the reasons why my team exists, because a lot of our guys were put on the uh, Laurie McDonald flag team, which mm-hmm. Arminio coached, and then there's obviously the Cougars connection and everything. So I'm pretty sure he's responsible for a large chunk of players currently. Yeah, in so, yeah. so, Rap, is Arminio I yeah. like a grandfather on the team for you guys? Uh, uh, honestly, it's more like a, an uncle now, since we've, we've all moved on to, to play CJEP and, and university, some of us. But uh, definitely, with the with the experience that he has, it really really helps us. So uh, it, it's nice to have him in the huddle, especially on offense. So he always gives us a good insight. And he's coached Rakeem. Uh, basically, he formed Rakeem as he coached him in high school, and they have a sportsed program there at Edouard Mopitsi. So he really he really shaped Rakeem into the quarterback he is now. He he saw the the athleticism that he had and said that he can make him a phenomenal quarterback, which is exactly what he turned out to be. Is he more like the cool uncle that lets you drink when your parents aren't around, or is he more like the strict uncle that makes sure you're in bed by 9 o'clock? No, he's definitely the uncle that will drink with us. Uh, Rob, as long as he's not the creepy uncle who no, uh, no. hits on your girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be quite odd. Uh, I thought you were going to go in a different direction on yeah, that one. That's a lot. I was going to, but I changed, I changed uh, mid-course. Uh, Rap, before we let you go, uh, we know we, we always have the ever-popular Paisan of the Year Award. And uh, that's a <laughs> Stefano Berardi award. Yeah, where is he, Stefano Berardi? I haven't seen him yet. Well, that's a good order, question. A what, what we had to do, we had to do, uh, Raf, in order for me to get paid more, is I needed to fire a bunch of people, and that's what we did. Right, yeah. that's yeah. about Simone. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, that's just clean slate. Get rid of a bunch of people. Pad my bank account. That was the goal this year. All right, the year of peace. So, Raf, if you had to list your Paisan of the year. Uh, your, your, your three top names for Paisan of the Year without you. So, excluding you, your top three Paisan nominees. Excluding me. He, he yeah. can't be his own Paisan. I'm saying, though. Like, he's most Paisan. No, that's, that's And also correct. people not on your other teams, because that would also be cheating. Then it's just a bunch of friends. you got to yeah. pick people off your roster. Off my roster? I don't even... I, well, listen, the only other Italian person, really, I know who plays in the league is Pizzi Delariz. There we go. Who's the best. Paisan One of the best of the quarterbacks I've ever seen in my life. Terrible. Um, honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't. We even have an Italian count. We should start putting flags for nationalities on our player profiles. I think that would add Brand, a good branding players by nationality. I don't see a problem with that at all. Absolutely. I don't see how that could go wrong in any way. So, so, you, so you're, you're omitting Dan Lazaro from this list. Then. Oh, there we go. Dan Lazaro still plays. Oh, hey, we got to clip that right there. Unintentional shots fired. Fighting shots. You know, he's like, me, bro, you serious, bro? You bring on (laughs) this guy, Raph Morelli, bro? You making fun of me, bro? I'm going to hear from him Monday. Uh, Uh, 
I got a last question for you. Um, have you watched Netflix's show Living With Yourself with Paul Rudd by any chance? No, I have not. So general plot is he accidentally clones himself, and then there's two of him, and they are both going ahead and doing different things throughout his life. So I wanted to know, if I were to replace Alex D'Aquila on your <laughs> roster, how would you know it was me and not him? Oh, general talent. Well, you're, you, well you're definitely about six feet and 200 pounds uh, smaller than him. So, I mean, I didn't think that would give it away. But other than that, you guys are pretty similar. <laughs> other than everything physically about you. Absolutely. Uh, Raph, thank you so much for joining us here on Calling the Audible. And, uh, thank you for having you, me. Perhaps you might be on the uh, ever-elusive Paisan of the Year trophy that we will give out in April. But definitely not the Lazaro. So. <laughs> Lazaro. I'm going to remind him. All right, Raph, take your good luck this week. Uh, you guys See have... You Sunday, uh, man. No good luck, though. You guys have PZ with the other team? Before, uh, before he has us. At unknown Town. Ooh, big show. Big showdown. Sunday night against the Bruins. That's a big one against the Bruins. Sunday right. night, 11 p.m. So don't forget about that game at Hebert. So uh, best luck in that game, Raph. Thank you very much. Take care. Later, man. Raph. Oh, okay. Raph Morelli. Good kid. Indeed. Nice kid. All right, on to bigger and better things, and that is co-ed, and then we wrap it up with women's. All right, so co-ed, let's just zip through this because we have about uh, 12 minutes left in the show. Take time. Oh, no, we're, we're going through this right now, Eagles. We're going to put more pressure on you to get this up and running here. So co-ed one, um, third, for, third down for what are in the pole position? Do they have the best defense in co-ed one? PZ. I think they're the best team in uh, in co-ed one uh, on both sides of the ball. I'm I'm a big fan, as you know. Uh, they've been to FPF finals uh, before. Uh, they they won they won last year, right, Eagle? I I want to say yes. I want to say yes as well. Um, I believe they won one and lost one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but you know th- what was impressive to me was Midtown putting up 51 points on three hundreds. Um, that's an impressive impressive showing for uh, for Midtown. Um, just a great. You know, well-played game by Jean-Christophe Marin-Fanef throwing eight touchdowns. Um, and, of course, the the duo we've been talking about, well, the the, the, the trio in this game, Pio Belanger and Félix Fauvert-Lessier um, just pouring it on um, in this game. Um, and Valérie Poulain adding on to the scoring as well. Um, four 300 is just not able to get off the ground. So can he fix the quarterback woes then? I just think that when a team has like um, a, uni- a former university stud, a CFL receiver, and uh, you know Who's Pio that? Belanger, which again I'm pretty sure he played at McGill, even though Eagle has not been able to independently ver- verify this. Uh, you know that's on, on three hundred. Who they had that play in the CFL? No, I'm saying Midtown. Oh, Midtown. Okay. So I think when you're playing against that kind of team, three yeah. hundred doesn't have the roster to be able to truly compete. Um, so th- that's kind of how you expect this game to go, but still an impressive showing by Midtown nonetheless. As I look up McGill and P.O. Belanger, see if that pops I up. I said that already. I don't think he did a good job. All right. Um, I know he played somewhere because he was supposed to play with me one season and couldn't because so he had who needs, university commitments. Who needs this win more now? Is it Midtown or Sriracha Hot Sauce this week? Uh, well, Sriracha Hot Sauce for sure. Midtown, Midtown's doing doing well um and coming off a big win where where sriracha hot sauce is coming off a big loss um i'd say sriracha hot sauce for that reason um they definitely they definitely need 
they definitely need a win uh, at this point. Uh, being one and two, uh, not not really doing well in the, the the point differential department, having you know a, a difference of just plus one, um, and do you see a their two losses have come them? to the two of the strongest teams in the division. Threw down for what in Power Rangers? Sorry, go, go they ahead. got Midtown and Michael Scott's Tots coming up for the next two weeks. Midtown is probably not going to be a fun game. Michael Scott's Tots is probably winnable, so fifty fifty on the next two. Yeah, I think I mean, so. It's it's a winnable the the winnable game is Michael Scott's thoughts they're 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 similar they're teams with uh, a lot of talent both uh, they're, they're male and female players uh, I know for for uh, for Sriracha Hot Sauce I've been I've been impressed with Camille Saint Marie before uh, then going up against Midtown it, that, that's not going to be a challenge but uh, Michael Scott's thoughts is a similar team that like they don't really have like the super 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 top end talent the same way Midtown does or or, or third down for what. But I think uh, I think it'll be interesting to see which way that one goes, and that's a, that's a chance for them to sort of get back on on uh, on the winning side of things. All right, Kawhi two. Are you concerned with Rhinos' inability to score points? The with who? Sorry, uh, Kawhi two. Rhinos' inability Rhinos. to score points. The Rhinos in Kawhi two. Well, yeah. Look, you need <laughs> you need to be able to put points on the on the, on the board in FPF. FPF is a a league built for offense, right? All the rules. Uh, or, or built that way. Um, so, Whoa, they've put up 72 points in three games. Oh, I beg your pardon. I took the wrong team. Hold on here. I was <laughs> Rhino scored 62 in three games. I beg your pardon. That was not the team I meant. I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not on. a ton. You're talking about Jays, maybe? 25 points? Jays was one of my topic questions here. I beg your pardon. That. That's my apologies here. But Rhino's like, a, they're, they're not exactly letting up. Is 43. But they're not lighting up the scoreboard either with 62 points. Like it's, True. Twenty points. It's three touchdowns a week. Then again, kiss my end zone three. No, with sixty nine points. Four, I meant to say so. Jays. I beg your pardon. I looked at it quickly here. So Jays, their inability to score points has been the disaster strike for them. Even though they have so much FPF talent that they work with. Well, I mean, Hyman Long missed the game, right? That changes things. Matthew Sola hasn't thrown in a little while. Um, I think. Uh, Did you say Matt Sola? Yeah, wow, that's a blast from the past. That's what I'm saying. He, th- he <laughs> threw one game in. in, in uh, it's, I told you, it's the, it's the super old school Jays. Um, but yeah, so like, Soriatum has been somewhat involved, you know, getting a couple of catches a game. Um, and just like, you know, as again, Dusotois as well. But still, uh, they have two players on the team who have scored. Mm-hmm. And even at that, they're averaging just over a touchdown a game. That's simply not enough. That's that's going to be worrisome. Um, they play a very good defense in Kiss My End Zone. To Eagles' point, Kiss My End Zone's at the top of the rankings, and they haven't they haven't really started scoring much. Um, they face Yin and Yang, which is again a tough matchup. Um, they they're gonna need to they're gonna need to definitely score some more in order to uh, to be able to, to to compete, in my opinion. And and I I think. I think this game against Rhinos is the start of that. All right, women's division. As we dive into the women's division here. So I got um um I got what's his him. name? Does a dude reach out to us? Master Delorier. Yes, thank you. Um my dude, I got your message. Uh, this week was a disaster week. I'm gonna reach out to you so we can chat about the women's division. Definitely uh, I wanna talk to you. I'd like uh, to Coen, get some though. He I, reference Coen, no, he, no, he mentioned women's division. All right, because I, I know Tara Recatch reached out to me and she was like, "Yo, where's the women's stuff?" I go, "We're gonna talk about them as you guys get going." <laughs> well, nothing had happened yet, so nothing that's happened why. The first two weeks. Uh, but honestly, 
Uh, I think we need to get guests on. And specifically, I'd like to hear from some of these amazing women uh, and their involvement in FPF and their, their journeys uh, and what brought them to this league and what brought them to fly football in general. Um, I want to get their perspective. It's, it would be weird to have a whole season of a podcast of co-ed and, women's and not get women's perspective on FPF. Perhaps Tara can come on and some of these players as well. Tara would be very good to have on. She knows, the, uh, she knows these teams. Like Spark Dash, she, I think she's and, she, and there's not a lot of people who know football more than Tara. I'm oh, Tara she, she's one wonderful, wonderful football mind. Absolutely. All right, so my team is off and running. Right now they're 1-0. 27 points, and we talk about the... They played a Huntick Girls, your team, Pease. Yeah, yeah. How'd that go? I wish I would have known more about these teams before (laughs) we made that bet. Looks like I'm paying for you at Dunsmo. But whatever, I have faith, I have faith. They're going to turn around. They're going to absolutely turn around. Well, Vanessa Beery had a very good game, 10-16 for 163. I mean, I I, should have just chosen the team with Vanessa Beery. It didn't help that you blurted out the team immediately after asking us the question of who we thought would win. And the bet, again, is the winner of this three-man race, or three-team race, that is. Uh, the loser of the third-place team has to buy the first-place winner, uh, Dunce, on April yeah. 5th. It's, uh, you know what? It, it was an historic moment. I'm glad it was captured on, on Instagram. I hope to see the first women's game of the week soon. It's that sick touchdown grab. On the end yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, was, but that Ka- was that Catherine Bisha that did that touchdown? I forget who. I don't remember. Mm, I'm not sure. Uh, we can't verify it now because Instagram stories only last nope. day. I actually saved it. I can check. Oh, you saved it? Awesome. Let, let us know, Eagle, as, as we're discussing the game. Yep. Um, th- we saw the, the one thing that, oh, that's unfortunate is we did see uh, a lot of blowouts. All three games essentially were blowouts in week one. Uh, I guess that's understandable. Um, I think it was Annie Legacy, actually, who made the, t- the touchdown right. grab. Uh, Annie Legacy or Emily Carrier. Or Emily Carrier, sorry. Um, they're the ones who scored in this game for uh, for Fleur-de-Lis. Uh, tough start for uh, Hunsick Girls. I will say Emmanuel Brassard, uh, Brassard was ep- actually able to move the ball. 13 for 27 is a, a good start to, yeah. to the season, but just not able to punch it in. Drives just sort of died out. Uh, if you, you, know, you check on the play-by-play, you see just uh, you know, a lot of drives ending on fourth down. Mm-hmm. Uh, not able to really complete the drive. So I think they will they will get better as the season goes on. Uh, Hunting girls, like I said, girls from Hunting are tough. They're resilient. They'll do well. Um, it's a real Don Cherry comment. A real good old Canadian yeah. uh, title right there. Man, tough. I spend, I spend most of my time in Hunting, so. All right, so I got to go with Hunting Girls. So Team Texas, if you look at their team profile, they're all wearing Team Canada uniforms, which are very nicely. Uh, Interesting, though, to be Team Texas and not Team Canada. Right. So my question is, is this like an intimidation factor to say, oh, you're playing Team Canada? Or are they just, you know, trying to, trying to represent the Team Canada well, colors? Didn't, didn't, like, didn't Sarah Parker play for Team Canada? I think was, she did. Isn't that why? But, but, but look, if I'm a first-time team and I see it, I'm like, whoa, I'm playing Team Canada. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, it sucks. It's, it's a little <laughs> bit, a uh, little bit overbearing over there. But district got the win. Which they is did. Really now, impressive. <laughs> Eagle, who's your team? Team Texas or who? Yeah, do you, Texas. So Texas is your team here. They lose to district thirty three nineteen. District will play Florida Lee this week, which we'll talk about in moments here. But you look at this game overall, though, a very impressive game for Gobey, and how she went two oh nine for five TDs, two ints. But I think these younger teams are going to have to learn the nuances of the five-on-five game in a smaller field. It's five-on-five? It's five-on-five. Is it not five-on-five, Eagle? No. I believe it's five-on-five. Uh, guys, ref- we need to know the basic rules. Yeah, because the, the, the referee I spoke to said, yeah, they changed the rules for women's to go five-on-five. 
uh, than the traditional six on six. Constance uh, Muller come, you know, coming back from Florida, uh, was in the sun, uh, escaped the tremendous cold. By the way, because there are, I don't know if you saw this moment. There are right. frozen iguanas yeah, falling down, falling out of trees. Yeah, that's right. Uh, in, in Miami, Florida today, but she escaped the cold weather from Florida to return to the cold weather here. Uh, but in time to get a, a win for District Thirty-Three Nineteen, so I wonder if she's one of my favorite players in FPF. Generally, like across divisions, uh, she's awesome. So I'm happy to see her involvement in this game. Four catches, 34, 34 yards. Does that apply to alligators too in Florida? Sorry, do that apply to alligators with the cold weather? Do they get impacted by the weather, or do they go underground in the water? Um, but they're cold. Blood. Oh, I guess so are iguanas. Yeah, I was trying to figure that out. Huh. They're both Eagle, can you get a clarification on the rules? Five on five, five correct? On five That's what I thought. Also, yeah. find out if alligators freeze. Uh, I mean, yes, they will. But well, can you find out for us, cold-blooded, no? Can they That's not how freezing works. I don't know, but I'm saying, can they withstand like super cold temperatures as like well? If they were in Canada, would they survive? I don't, I don't know. It will freeze I, I, eventually. I don't know a lot about, you know, like reptile biology. But final first for now. Okay, so the big game this week, uh, District against Fleur de this week. That's uh, a fun game. That's going to be a fun game. Battle 1-0s uh, set the tone early on in this uh, women's uh, season that we have, week two coming up here. And the, the matchup between Constance Miller rushing uh, Vanessa Beery is going to be awesome. So they can survive in cold temperatures and waters and everything. They slow down, which yeah. is the whole metabolism, but they can't survive like that indefinitely. Eventually, they will die. Yeah. Okay, okay. so they can never live in Montreal then. From well, they can, they can handle Montreal summers. The end of Montreal summer is no ifs or buts, but from much from from November until March, forget about it. Yeah. Well, there's an alligator across the street, right in the East End. Yeah. That, yes, but it wasn't living outside. It <laughs> got outside. It got outside. Snuck outside. All right. Not so terrifying we, at all, by the way. Not at all. All right. So district clearly, um, look, you know who I have. I have my team winning this football game to go two and zero. I need them to lose, so I'm going for district. I'm cheering district in this one. Uh, how many points did they win by district in your mind? Will this be a one-score game? Or district win by 11. Constance Miller just shuts down Vanessa Beery. All right, Eagle? Uh, I'm going to go Fleur de <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Sheep. Uh, we didn't talk about Spats yet, but they also won 21-0. Yeah. Vieux Montréal, based out of Vieux Montréal, this team over here. And they're a young team. You can see they're a young stage-up team. And this is probably their way of keeping themselves... Uh, in the flow of things with their flag football season, I believe still going on indoor-wise. But uh, perhaps their speed could be a difference maker in, in how agile they can be against the much older veteran teams. But this might be one of those early on where they might have to take some tough medicine early on before they really adjust to the FPF uh, rules. What is the toughest medicine? When you play, you know when a veteran team, like a POP plays? like a No, PZ? I meant actual medicine. Yeah, I was going to say like Flintstone pills. No, Flintstone pills like are very Buckley's? Good. Buckley's no, I like Buckley's. Bad. You like Buckley's? I do. Oh, uh, I hate any of the cherry tasting ones. No, I, I've had one that was like pine flavored. Usually, pine I flavored. like yeah. I, usually, I like pine, and I was like, no, I, I can't do this. I never have cough syrup, but one time I was like dying, and I was like, okay, I'll put some. When you take cough syrup, do you measure or do you just drink from the bottle? <laughs> no, you <laughs> measure. You have to measure. I don't measure. I measure. I just drink from the I measure the way I measure salt. Yeah. Do you measure salt or sugar? Neither. I mean, I'm Shocker. not baking. I mean, when I bake, that's why I don't bake. Uh, you know what? My ba- baking I'm baking. Like shit. You know, I'm gonna bake some cookies for you guys next week. Nice. I know, know PZ can't. Have I can't eat them, but I'll look I'll at bake, them. I'll bake them for you, Eagle, next week. Thanks, man. All right. Uh, so again, we'll have on a few more guests for the women's and co-ed coming up in the next few weeks. Yeah, we Simon, get off your ass. Deep dive into that. Uh, Simon Dajane, the guest booker, who uh, with her guests. Okay.
I figured last week was like the exception, but this is going to be a thing. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. Week three. Great. Thanks to our guest, Rafael Morelli, AJ Gomes. Go- Gomez. Gomez, maybe. Oh, uh, sorry. Flix Antoine Laving. So thank you all for your time for jumping in. If you want to join us, feel free to reach out. We'll uh, get you scheduled on one of these shows. Uh, thank you, Mo, for the wonderful sexual experience to all our listeners. My ears have been tickled and throbbed plentiful tonight. Thank you, Peas, for the ever-so-convincing role-playing. That's all I got. Good night, Eli Manning. Frozen iguanas.